Hello, Chomp Nation, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp. It's a podcast where if you listen long enough, you will wake up in an enemy camp with no knowledge of who you are and how you got there. You will be lumped in with an enslaved group of people, and you will be tasked with saving people from oppression. If this all sounds overwhelming, do not worry. We have all the answers, so just keep listening. We have a jam-packed episode full of conversation, games, and a dinosaur named Tim. Due to COVID-19 changing the world, gaming studios have had to adapt. As a result, we have seen a sharp increase in the number of gaming directs and showcases to get consumers hyped while keeping them safe. At a year and a half into this pandemic, we have seen at least 20 different showcases. Sorry, I don't have an exact number. So our question of this week centers around these showcases. What has worked with these showcases and what hasn't? We have a few listener comments that I'm excited to discuss later on. Our backlogs are beginning to burst at the seams as everyone and their mother is dropping a game. but we managed to find time to play Deathloop, Tales of Arise, WarioWare, Get It Together, Fist, Forged in Shadow Torch, and Hoa. And if that isn't enough, we will be discussing our Patreon polls and social media polls. It was an all-out war. I can't wait for each section of this podcast. (coughs) What's that, Tim? I should introduce the people of this podcast? Good Good idea. First off, I'm Shay. It's a pleasure to be here. I am joined today by two of my good friends. First, we have Rich Meister. (laughs) Sorry, guys. That sounds just like Tim. Weird. That was crazy. What's up? Sorry, Tim and I. Tim's actually my roommate. Oh, okay. You, huh. It sounded like you guys became one. I'm actually lightheaded from laughing right now. It must be the coffee kicking in. I'm actually legitimately lightheaded. Is that and what dinosaurs also... sound like? What? Is that what dinosaurs <laughs> sound? Probably. Like? Maybe. We're that, also joined yeah. by the wonderful Josh Fowler. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, st- I'm still thinking about that. Yeah, no, I am what, too. Whatever, whatever, whatever we just lived through. So. I don't know. It was great. It was really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, how was your guys' week? Yes. It was a week. Uh, All right. <laughs> I played a lot of games. A lot of good games. Sounds about right. Josh, you did too. I, yeah, I played a decent amount. I'm catching up. I, uh, Some of the uh, same ones. One that... Uh, Unless I missed it, uh, the artful escape. I think we. I didn't we, know if you wanted to put that on okay, the show all right, this week. All right, yeah, yeah. I thought I, I thought I mentioned that, but anyway, sorry, I forgot all to. Right, I'll add it to the to, list. I forgot to uh, finalize that one. Yeah, um, played that. Played a bunch of Death Loop. So, you played the Bob Dylan game, yeah. Yeah, it's been been good times. Good times. Um, still trying to get. Settled moving in here, and uh, yeah, 
in, in my free time when I'm not breaking up fights in Walmart parking lots. Yeah, tell us about that. Tell oh us about God. that. Don't don't gloss over that. Tell us about that. It was the one-armed man! Yeah. It's a fugitive joke for everyone who didn't get that. Yes, yes, I, yes. I never, very, I never miss good. a beat on that. The, uh... Walmarts are interesting places. And, like... <laughs> That's how my like biography is gonna begin. I like the preface. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we were, you know finished in walmart ready to go home trying to yeah get home get some dinner and go to bed it's it's just it's already late and uh anyway we're sitting there and just kind of out of the corner of my eye i see some guy like walking towards the passenger side of, of the car in front of me and a person or you know the car that he just got out of, honking the horn kind of over and over again right behind him, yelling at him to get back in the car. That guy's okay. wife trying to trying to get him in the car so they could leave. Okay. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. You know. Meanwhile, the uh, older gentleman who's in the car who, you know, is going going you. back to the car that uh, the angry guy is trying to, you know, who is yelling at. Apparently, there was already an older woman in that car who he was angry at. The, uh, the uh, you know, the, the first guy who's yelling. Anyway, okay. so the old guy drops his card off. The, the old guy with one arm, that is. Drops his card off, goes back over there, and proceeds to kind of shove this other guy back into his car, which his wife is the one who was honking and yelling at him to get back in the car anyway. Wait, wait. so the guy with the... Let me recap, just to make sure yeah, I No, sorry, there's too else. many people, too many players. The, there's a lot of movement. So yes. the guy Where's with Harrison the one Ford arm all this? shoves the other guy back towards his own car. Yes, and back towards his him. own car. Okay, gotcha. Um, we're still watching at this point. I'm just sitting in my car, still. Um, anyway, he gets in the car, the old guy slams the door behind him, and the lady who was driving that car, apparently the, the young mother who's in, in, in there, who's, you know, that's her husband who was trying to pick a fight, um, speeds off, just out of the parking lot, trying to get out of there as quickly as possible. Um, okay. And at that point, you're like, okay, this is I'm done. Like, thank, We're good. thank God. It was just a yelling match. We're done. She slows down at the end of the aisle to turn out. And the guy's back out of the car. <laughs> just instantly. He's back out of the car, walking back <laughs> towards it. And it's, oh, shit, here we go again. He's coming down, you know, the middle of the thing. I'm like, okay, no, I'm not like. So at that point, I'm out of my car, walking between the two of them, um, trying are, to now, are, break up this fight. Are um, you taller than these guys? Are you, like, more in physically intimidating these, than these guys? Do they look at all deterred um, by you? These I'm, are details I need. I think I was taller than all of them. Actually, the old guy uh, with one arm was a pretty big guy. 
Um, he was probably about my size. But the okay. other guy, the other angry, younger guy, um, maybe about my weight, but I probably had a half a foot on him at least. Okay. Josh, see, here's the difference between you and me. Is like no, 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 no. I would have no, been no, in the Taco no. Bell barking. I would have been in the Taco Bell. Barking. I would have been gone. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm just trying to talk them Taco down Bell. at this point because if they want to fight, like whatever. Like I'm, I like I'd rather them not. But like I'm not, I'm not ready to get between them yet. Um, so just yelling at them both to get back in their cars. Um, at which, and you know. The younger guy just keeps coming, uh, you know, after, after walking down the entire length of this parking lot aisle back towards him like he's, you know, going to start something. Gets right up in the other guy's face. He shoves him back again. And then finally, after all that, rears back like he's going to do something. And the old guy just clocks him three good times. The uh, one-armed guy clocks the, the other guy? Yes. After, after all of that, um, at which point I, I'm like, okay, all right, no, like we're, we're, we're going to go separate them and I proceed to do that. But I think the younger guy probably would have put up more of a fight had I not been there because he seemed like he was very aware of the audience at that point. Yeah. He's playing to the audience. Yeah. Um, yeah, Which and I'm, so as soon I'm as he gets hit, and he's kind of reeling back in attendance. His his you know, um, he's immediately talking about pressing charges and and kind of oh, walking guy, walking back to his car at that point. Um, the guy who came out of his car not once but twice, yes. tried to start a fight, got the fight he wanted. Was talking about pressing charges. Okay, got it. Got yes, it. Okay. yes. Yeah, and he won. He tricked the other guy into hitting him first. That's how the American legal system works. Exactly, done, exactly. I'm like, fair point, Rich. Fair point. Yeah, but oh my goodness. So after did you all, get hit at all? I did not get hit. I okay. Legal fees are going to cost him an arm and a leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it did kill my boner. The uh, anyway. Not mine. The, the, the backstory <laughs> to this that I got after breaking them up from the two wives involved, one of which was the younger wife with who had kids in the car, who was oh, borderline hysterical at this point. Because her husband's getting clocked. Yeah. Um, she still thought he was in the right somehow. She, she's, she's justifying this because I think she had... Anyway, anyway, I'll go back to the beginning of the story to justify her being as out of Three days as earlier. she was. Um, the part that I hadn't seen until, you know, this guy's yelling and there's honking and everything going on. Before that point, they'd come down this aisle. Both families, the, the, the old couple and this young couple, they have the same car. And okay. the old lady opens the passenger door to their car. And scares oh, so the, the young couple. The yeah, young couple scares scares the hell out of the young couple because she's oh. getting into their car, and and they were in it at the time because they had it, like anyway they were in the car, but she just oh it's, that's our car. She pulls the door open, scares them. That apparently I I don't again I didn't hear this, so this is getting it secondhand from the two wives who were 
kind of yelling at each other and me at this point. Yeah. Apparently she apologized and went back to her car, but that was not good enough for, uh, for the younger guy, who is, which is why he got back out of the car and was starting shit with the old lady, which was... What, what more did he want? I don't have any idea. Um, I'm sorry. It's customary here at Walmart yeah. in North Carolina that if you accidentally enter someone else's car, you must blow the mail of the car that you accidentally ent- entered. Yeah, uh, it. it oh, so you know the customs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it it is a rich, it is a uh, yeah. ritual, it is a rite. Two different so. things, but we're gonna go with it. Yeah, apparently, apparently that's what started the whole thing. Was you know this old lady accidentally getting into the wrong crossover, the wrong white crossover, identical model. It was. Uh, uh, wow. Yeah. Huh. So that was, that was, that, that is, that is, huh. All right. Well, uh, Josh, I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you lent the old man to hand. Um, We're going to get so much mileage out of this one one setup, aren't we? It's for sure. For sure. It's so easy. Mm -hmm. And then we just make fugitive jokes for the rest of it. Ladies and gentlemen, my colleague, Dr. Richard Campbell. Mm I like that voice. That's but, the, yeah, that's wow, the, the well. scientist at the end of the fugitive. Yeah, <laughs> I I definitely didn't have anything that interesting happen to me this week. So Josh, I think you take the cake for the most interesting story this week. I guess. I guess I was just trying to get milk. Like I, and the milk was was fairly warm by the time all this was over because I just wanted lunch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I well yeah. to throw you guys off. Like I'm gonna just. I'm gonna retell the plot of the fugitive like it's a thing that happened to me. But I'm gonna wait like six months, and you guys are—it's gonna catch you guys off guard. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, speaking. So my wife was murdered over the weekend. (laughs) Speaking of waiting, the whole world has been waiting for gaming conventions to come back. Unfortunately, we're gonna be waiting for a lot longer because this COVID situation doesn't seem to have an end in sight. So that means. That's right. Showcases and directs are going to become a pretty commonplace thing in our lives, actually, in the foreseeable future. But uh, you guys like that transition? I was working so hard. I was like, how do I transition into the Segways topic? Segways are right weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was working on it. I was trying my best. Uh, I'm going to get better at transitions. But anyways, we've seen a lot of, of these showcases and digital conventions these directs from all the different various gaming companies over the past year and a half and um they've been really interesting they've been something that i don't think we've consistently seen in the in the gaming culture in gaming in general and i thought that it would be an interesting topic to discuss um it's something that i put in our backlog of topics earlier this year or maybe at the end of last year because they've become such a commonplace thing right now Mm -hmm. and i was curious to see what your guys's thoughts were what our thoughts were about what hasn't hasn't worked with them we've seen a bunch more we've seen e3 at this point be completely digital and so i think that we now more than ever have a great experience of it it, like a cumulative experience and we can talk about it so i kind of want to just open the floor up to you guys i don't really have a specific direction i want to take this topic um let's start with the good um how have you guys like what do you guys think so far has really worked about these digital showcases of games i 
for me, I I think the perfect form- formula Nintendo had a while ago. Um, Nintendo Directs are just like the the peak of that to me. Like I I get the like excitement of a live event and maybe around at E3 or something that makes more sense, but um. Nintendo Directs are just, like, the easy, digestible thing. Like, they're 15 to, like, 30 minutes at the on the long end, with the exception of, like, an E3 or something. And it's quick. It's, you know, this rehearsed introduction. Here's a little bit about what we're about to show you. Here's a trailer. Here's a little bit about the next thing. Here's a trailer. It just, it hits. It's quick. It gets the information out there in a controlled and easy-to-digest way. And I, It's phenomenal to me that no one else seems to be doing it exactly that way. Like, Sony kind of... Sony flounders a little bit, but it's just, I think Nintendo nailed it a long time ago. That's like the most controlled and easiest way to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of that was due to them jumping the gun on this whole thing because they've been doing that since before since everyone else way had before to. this. Yeah. Um, and I think the extra experience has definitely helped. Um, it's, you know, just, just having significantly more of these under their belts at this point is totally always going to make things smoother um yeah so. the, the experience has made a big big boon for them mm-hmm. or given them a big boon whatever the phrase fucking is i don't know but anyways uh no i really like that it's more bite-sized i one of the things that i didn't really enjoy about watching the streams of the conven- in-person conventions that were happening is the faffing about and like that's what i experienced yeah. a few years ago at tgs is when i went there um I went that when I went there a few years ago, people were talking about the games that they that they were hyping up or the technology that they're hyping up. And granted, most of it was in Japanese, but just going on and on and on. And then let's bring the uh, creative director and ask these really generic questions, mm-hmm. and they answer it in a generic way to not give away too much information. And it's like we don't need to make it this fucking yeah. big of a thing, you know? And that's one of the things that I've very much appreciated about the directs. Yeah. It's in We're the name. We're going to bring out the guy who, it's uh, direct. who designed the charging port for the, new, for the PS5. Like, is it the same cable you've used since the PS1? It is. Here's <laughs> 30 minutes Q. on why we use the same cable. My name is John Q. USB-C. Mm-hmm. Let, let me try that again. The Back to you, USB-C. Tim. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but no, I... Yeah, I've I've appreciated that they've been brief, they've been to the point. And this is pretty much like Nintendo's been good at this. We saw the Sony showcase, um the PlayStation showcase last week. That or it was about a week and a half ago now. Uh that was very I think that was their best one so far. Um yeah. the the companies are doing a much better job about being brief and to the point. And if they have additional information they want you to hear, they put it at the end of the showcase, and mm-hmm. I love that format. Yeah, yeah. There were a few that were still a little awkward during E3 this year, where it felt like yes, they had timed these speeches out for applause, and there were just awkward pauses and breaks where they're like, "Oh, we're gonna get a reaction here." When it's a digital, well, Josh, they format. were watching a lot of Blues Clues. Yeah. They know Steve gave him that idea. Exactly. exactly. Hey, do you want to help me out find this clue? Mm-hmm. You do. Great. Like yep. that's that's what they're doing at these E3 conventions. You want to give us a round of applause? You do. 
Please proceed. Are you guys excited to play Horizon, Horizon Forbidden West? You are. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Dude, if, if someone fucking did that at a direct, I want I Jeff Keighley to do that. I want Jeff Keighley him. to host the Summer Game Awards like it's a fucking episode of yep. Blues Clues. Oh my god, <laughs> I would be. That is what. Okay, can we do that, that show? Actually, do. let's do that show. Let's us do it. Let's <laughs> no, get a no, bunch no, of no, indie no, devs no, behind us, and we'll unveil their games, and, and we'll all dress like Steve from Blues Clues. <laughs> we need to do that, and then for the biggest game fucking hire steve and have him do it be like you know we've been doing this for the past 20 minutes we don't think we can't we can do it better than the legend himself we're gonna have steve here do the last game introduction and he just comes in and fucking nails it (laughs) oh anyway sorry josh i totally hijacked (laughs) your point i apologize what was the show about what was my point blues blues clues okay blues clues no, you were talking about how E3, that there was some awkwardness uh, and yeah, how it yeah, seemed yeah, like yeah. they timed it out for applause. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, I think in some of the shows we've seen since then, and, and that, again, that wasn't all of them. Like some, some of the presentations um, were, just, were really well thought out and done well. Um, but yeah, just, I, occasionally you'd get to one of the shows and be like, did no one, when did they get the memo this was going to be digital? Um, because it just it felt like they were completely blindsided by it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, they are getting better and better at it. I think, especially if it's their own personal showcase, like whether it's Nintendo, whether it's Sony, mm-hmm. what have you, uh, whether it's the Pokemon Directs. I think they're getting better and better because it's like at this point, year and a half in, we've done a number of these. Like you guys said that. They're kind of honing in on that a little bit better. I, it's it's been a work in progress, but it's getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Another thing I really like is that I don't. It's kind of uh, an offshoot of what we were just talking about. I don't feel as much pressure when I watch these these showcases. Like when you're watching E3, it's hours and hours and hours, and it's like, do I have the time? Yeah. to devote to this because like i we all have adult responsibilities you know the three of us and everyone else listening you know um you know and this isn't like a slam or anything like that some of the younger like gen z and some of the younger people who listen to us who are, who are just gamers in general they probably have a little bit more free time i i guess i don't know i'm not a gen z but you know as you get older you have less and less time and it's really about picking what you have time for and E3 mm-hmm. has never been something that I got super hyped about. It, it was entertaining to see the the announcements, but like to s- devote hours and hours to sitting there and watching that wasn't something I, I could prioritize. But with the way it was all digital this year and it was more to the point, I felt less overwhelmed. And I do now when I, for example, watch the PlayStation Showcase a week and a half ago. I feel less pressure because it's shorter. It's a more contained experience that i don't feel the pressure to have to devote all these hours to watch these announcements Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um yeah but again i i I think that's something that they're even getting better at um like it's it's gotten better but i think there's still room for improvement in a lot of them and kind of like you're saying just being able to get to the point kind of show off what you want to show off and then 
then hit the additional information is really useful for that for being able to kind of um, showcasing what they want to showcase. I mean, what's what you want to showcase and, and not cutting to the chase. <laughs> well, not, not wasting the time of people who aren't interested in a particular thing. Cause if, yeah. if people just want to get the over, you know, just kind of get everything over with just like the big news um, really quickly. And then, okay, I'll watch this thing. I'm interested in that little bit. Um, it's just, it's more considerate of everyone's time. I, that's a really good point. Like I think about the new Gran Turismo 7 announcement, which like we talked about last week in the show at that announcement, I imagine if it, it was something at E3 or TGS, that announcement, it would be like a 15 minute thing. Whereas like show the trailer, everyone cheers and bring someone on stage. And it's like, we got this, uh, mm-hmm fucking alloy wheel blah blah like, and i, I think that makes sense cars. at e3 like that is a flagship franchise that is a franchise people care about and that stuff makes more sense in a specific like this is the big event of the year session yeah. but not not in those once every six weeks yeah right and that's and, and the th- the thing is the the point the point being that i just wanted to make real quick and then i'll let you jump in josh is that yeah they're very much respecting our time because like when you're watching a game like that, which is something I'm personally not interested in. I'm sure there are other games people are not interested in. It's like, all right, I got to sit here through 15 minutes and just kind of wait so they can announce the next thing that I'm probably going to be interested in. Whereas these showcases, these digital showcases, is that Gran Turismo announcement was, what, three, four minutes? And then I moved on with my life. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's three, four minutes versus a 15 to 20 minute possibly longer announcement it's a much better respect of our time for the people who aren't interested in certain games we don't have to sit there and wait through all of that and it's different if you're in person and you're experiencing it yeah that's if you're not even interested in the game you're you're in a room full of energy but with these digital showcases Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and i think that's kind of the 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 live aspect of it is the the point i was going to make that 15 minutes of your time if you've already dedicated the day to being at e3 is a completely different prospect than oh i've got a few minutes to tune in to watch this thing um and on top of that you can just leave the fucking room you could be like all right i'll go check out other (laughs) things of e3 at that point yeah but um anyway i kind of think that's something again mentioning nintendo doing this beforehand i think they kind of saw the the writing on the wall of oh everyone's in, interested in E3 about whatever they're, what they're going to show and realizing that they're not playing to the room so much as they're playing to everyone watching the streams afterward and the big audience as opposed also, to yes. just the room they're in and I think that's why they made the switch also probably cost saving measures it's got to be cheaper um, but I th- I think that was kind of the reason and. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it's a different, it's a different venue. It's a it's different a, kind of showcase. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've got different goals. And I yeah. feel like it's taken some people longer than others to understand the goals of, of a different, slightly, but, you know, that different medium. I mean, also, to be fair, I think one of the main things Nintendo understood, and this might be less about what works for the consumer, is that doing these pre-recorded like very tight presentations helps them control the messaging 
and show the exact thing they want to show without the chance of a hiccup because it's a pre-recorded thing. Yeah. And I, I always think the number one thing to point to with that was the E3 uh, gameplay presentation of Uncharted 4 in which they could not get a controller to sync to the console on stage and had to sit there for about 10 minutes while somebody went and got them a controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, they can account for technical hiccups. I mean, that's a big thing, too. I, yeah, so many good micro points there. I think one of the big, big things Microsoft. is exactly... <laughs> Josh, you're, one of your just most recent points that you just made is that E3 and TGS and all these gaming expos, they're incredible. They're electric when you go there. Even if you're all like me who gets overwhelmed in a large crowd of people, I had so much fun when I went to uh, Tokyo Game Show in 2018. Meeting some developers and getting to see a group of people who are just as excited as I am about certain games, taking pictures with all these gaming-related things. Um, that's mm. so much fun. It really is. But I can't afford that every year and consistently, right? I don't make, make enough money currently to do something like that every year. So it's cool now that they're having these directs so I can still feel a part of it in some way, shape, or form that mm -hmm. we can get these announcements and then we can just hop on a Discord and discuss it together or we can stream it and discuss it together and you can still feel a part of it with a group of people. And it's easier yeah. to do that rather than planning a couple thousand dollars to go see one of these conventions in person. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about the flip side of that. Um, I, I, I don't really feel like there's anything else major. I'm sure there are other things we could discuss and get down to the minutia of why these showcases work. Um, you did mention money, and I don't think they're... Yeah, you save money. <laughs> There's nothing more to say there. But on the flip side of that, what hasn't worked about these showcases? Um, and Rich, I want to actually throw this one to you first, because I think out of the three of us, you've been the one who's gone to a lot of these cons and showcases and whatnot. Um, I think you could probably speak more to that than Joshua. Sure. I could. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, I, th I think the main thing um, in terms of like what doesn't is less about what doesn't work and what doesn't matter. Um, for one thing, what they found is, like I said, making those more direct focused cutaways allows them to control the message, not to worry about any sort of conceived technical problems that might look bad to people, whether it's an actual actual problem or not, or just, you know, genuine technical difficulties. They're allowed to put out this perfect image and this perfect message of what they're delivering. Um, and again, from the financial side of companies like PlayStation and Nintendo and stuff are going to continue to go to conventions like PAX, I think, where it's more about connecting with fans on the floor more so than an E3 ever was, because that's up until recently, that's not what an E3 was. And shows like PAX already kind of eat E3's lunch on that because they've been around for so long and attract so many people from different parts of the world. Um, mm -hmm. whereas for the past few years, you know, you've seen companies like sony and nintendo going we don't an ea being like we don't have to be at e3 because they're realizing flat out they do not need to spend the money on a booth at e3 when they can go across the street do the same show mm -hmm. and beam those trailers directly to everyone at home and they're going to sell the same amount of units no one is on the floor at e3 and deciding they're like 
you know what? Maybe I will check out that Mario when it comes out. <laughs> like, no, that's not happening to anyone. Not not for a AAA title, at least. Not for, a, you know, those bigger end games that are going to sell millions of units regardless. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, And again, I think it's kind of just a matter of purpose. Like, originally E3 was a trade show. And the yeah. idea of getting this thing in front of people who are going to be doing extensive write-ups of something... Yeah, you're gonna to want to spend some extra time explaining exactly what's going on there, so they can then relay that message to other people to give them a better idea of, um, you know, what what to, that thing what is. to get hyped yeah. about. Um, and, and so it's it's kind of like a matter of telephone. You have to be much more clear about and much more verbose to make sure that they there there is information to then pass on. Um, totally. And and this is less about those showcases and more about E3 itself, but it's like those things as they evolve are becoming more important and maybe it'll be more important to get in the good graces of bigger uh, hardware manufacturers that are doing presentations like this or bigger publishers that are doing presentations like this mm-hmm. for smaller devs because I think it's more important for a small game to get on a showcase like that and have millions of eyes on it mm-hmm. than it is for like... Spider-Man doesn't need to be on Shoney's showcase for it to sell. It's fucking Spider-Man. Yeah, there. Spider-Man being on there is not to sell Spider-Man. It's to sell hardware. Yeah, like in a lot of ways, some of these big showcases are to sell hardware, um, or or a lot of times in like Microsoft's case, to to sell subscriptions to Game Pass. Um, and and those trailers are um, <laughs> like. Those trailers are the reason people tune in, but but what I mean is like what what's more important there is those smaller indies like you know the next Celeste being in one of those presentations right next to Spider Man, so there yes, are more yeah. eyes on that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, that's I think that's one of the benefits of having a con in person rather than digitally. I think we just saw it with the it's Sony the networking, showcase. yeah. Well, uh, well, the networking is a big part of it, but being able to showcase some of these smaller indie games or these less AAA style games is think about Chia, the game that was just shown at the PlayStation Showcase, and how no, almost nobody was talking about it after E3 or not E3 during the showcase because everybody was so hyped for all the other games that were announced. But you go to somewhere like an E3, uh, a PAX, an indie showcase um in person a tgs and when you see some of those games in person and you hear the passion that somebody has for developing that game in person it completely can move the needle for some people for example if i would have saw my memory of us for example that i talk about that game a lot just because simply i met the devs at tgs back in 2018 and it was such a such an interesting experience for me had i seen a digital showcase of that game i would have been like that's really interesting i want to play it meeting the developer hearing how excited he was and him telling me the story personally of getting patrick stewart to narrate that game of hearing him discuss kind of the details of what went into this game hearing that and seeing that as a face-to-face conversation with the developer immediately was like i'm not just interested in this game i will be buying this game yeah and Mm -hmm. i will be talking about this game 
And that's the kind of thing that you miss when you don't have an in-person convention. Now, it's kind of hard to do that with where it's like, all right, for 20 minutes, we're going to have the developer of God of War come into this little chat room and you're going to get to ask him questions. Maybe 10 out of the 500,000 people are going to get to ask him questions. On top of that, a thousand of the people are going to spam Kratos has a big dick, doesn't he? Like shit like that, you know? It's it's a different kind of experience. AMAs have their own place, but yeah, they're, they're, it's not the same thing. There's, there's still not like, you still don't feel the personal connection It you know, at least it feels more like a, I don't know, at least to me, I, I, I could be off on this, but it, it doesn't feel anywhere as personal as, you know, even just like a, one minute conversation with someone um when it yeah it is yeah. just one-on-one that's to- totally it and like being sold on game is like that always my one story of like falling in love with something in two minutes will be um i was at a pax doing coverage and i met with uh don bellinger who was one of the leads on black future 88 played his game for a few minutes talking to him about it having to dump me assets and he's like oh hey by the way man i want to introduce you to somebody he introduced me to this guy ben and walked me over to check out his game semblance who I ended up fucking falling in love with that game all mm-hmm. because he was like, I think you'll really dig this. Like you should come meet this guy and talk to him about it. And it was just fucking fantastic game. <laughs> I think that's yeah. another really cool. That's a really cool point. Rich is I think a lot of people, a lot of gamers want to pit things against, well, not just gamers. Yeah, actually a lot of people <laughs> want to pit things against each other. Sorry. Gamers. That's part of it. I, I mean, like I love, gamers are I love how you though. said people then corrected to gamers. Because you you know people's the Venn diagram's not it doesn't overlap yeah. all the way. <laughs> it's 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 hard to delineate and differentiate <laughs> there. No, I like I'm a part of I I frequent the NBA subreddit just because I like to keep up the date on who which players on which team and wh- what's kind of happening with the clubs in general and stuff like that. But anyways, um, and there's a lot of arguing there as you would expect. Trying to be less uh ser- like serious about mm-hmm. some of the infighting of groups but anyways a lot of gamers like to pit things against each other i mean whether it's so sony versus microsoft whether it's like uh triple a's versus indies whether it's this game versus that game and i think a lot of people god versus japanese teenagers no that don't go to these conventions they don't realize that all these developers are actually trying to support each other because yeah. they all appreciate that we, everybody has this love and this passion for games. It isn't like, hey, you, I'm I'm a Dota develop Dota two developer, but fuck League of Legends. It isn't like that generally. I'm sure there are some people who are like that, but for the most part, it's like, dude, I'm actually a fan of what you're doing. Even though I work here on Dota two, I'm a fan of what you're doing on yeah. League of Legends. I love the art direction that you're taking with this character. And it's this massive supportive community in the the, the dev community. And it's the same with these indie developers too. It's like, mm-hmm. they're such big fans of games. Why do you think they got into gaming in the first place and d- gaming develop that you get to see this in person, how they're supporting each other. And that's, I saw that at, at a level in TGS and it's, it's really unique and cool to see that and kind of like, break break that wall that break that barrier that most gamers have that wow these guys are all really just supporting each other 
I can't tell you uh, how many times when like doing convention circuits like that, where I've been sitting down to talk with a developer about his game, and like at the tail end of our conversation before I take off for my next appointment, he'll be like, "So, uh, so what's cool out there this year?" They're like, "When when I have like ten minutes to get out of this booth, what should I go see?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I man, even though I rag on big gra- crowds of people, and it's sometimes really, really difficult to deal with in Japan because you have a lot of people in a really confined space. It being a smaller country and all. I I do that is one of the things I wished that TGS was happening this year. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it's not. I really am because uh, I would have probably not gone because it's unsafe, but I do miss going to I miss that experience. It was so much fun. I do want to experience that again. Yeah. So um I do like a lot of people are like saying E3 is dying and they're not wrong and I like a lot of these gaming conventions just can fucking go away and to be I've fair, said they've been that saying and, that since 2005. And I've said that in the past and I you know I don't I don't I'm I'm going to publicly retract that. I don't think they should disappear because as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that like having those communities that you can be a part of are so important as we get older. Yeah, And that's where you can meet a lot of lifelong friends. It's where you can meet devs. You can get involved with groups of people who have like, like-minded interests that, that's probably not the way to word that, similar interests that you do. Those places yeah. are really important. They really are. And I hope as, as the world continues to push towards getting a better handle of the current situation, that those conventions can eventually come back and also, we continue to have these digital showcases as well. And to I think be there's fair, a world where both of those can coexist. What I used to say about E3, and I still stand by, is that E3 can go away because E3 has only been a convention for like four years. And there are, are things that we're already doing that. Like, PAX has done that for years and has done it better. Like, E3 just yeah. needs to figure out what the fuck it is. Yeah, I think that's kind of the spot know. it's in right now because... Again, we mentioned the money aspect of it before. It doesn't make sense for everyone to put a huge focus on how this thing is going to play to the internet and also have it somehow be a trade show and also a convention. Like, it, those are all different things. And It wears too many hats, and as a, it, it can't do anything particularly well because of it. Yeah, like, I mean, I could, I could see, like, Nintendo's kind of done this with them having a, you know games on the floor so people can kind of see it and get to talk and whatnot but not having a big convention thing you know they're at e3 but then there's just a showcase to go along with it uh and i think that sort of thing could work i don't know i don't know like it just you're right it's they're they're trying too many things at once and uh yeah somebody needs to figure out what what it what it is going to be what they want it to do because It's trying well, a little uh, bit of everything. Right now it's doing three different things poorly. Mm-hmm. I think we know as, you know, a, a little bit meta, a little bit pulling the curtain back a bit, us three as, as having a business, that you try things and they fail, and that's perfectly okay. You should still kind of have a core value that should shine throughout a majority of what you're doing, but you can still yeah. try other things within that sphere. And I think, to your guys' point, E3 has multiple mission statements it seems like outside looking in the term they use is activations there you go 
that they're trying to accomplish. And if they can focus on one of those, possibly one main one and one smaller one, I don't know. I think that they would be better off for it, but we'll see. I think that, you know, this break is probably going to be a good idea if E3 is to continue in the future in person because it'll, it will allow people to brainstorm and it's going to make people hungry again. It's going to be like, hey, if we're going to have this E3 in person, what do we have to do to get people in the door? You're going to have people who are going to show up no matter what, but you're going to want new people to consider coming to an E3 after gaming conventions being gone for two, three, however many years until the world yeah. is safe or, enough to start venturing out to these things again. Yeah. They're going to be hungry and they're going to have all these creative ideas and hopefully they can establish that mission statement and they can cater everything. By to this it. time next year, they'll be unveiling Fortnite 2 as we ride a loop-de-loop roller coaster at Jeff Keighley World. Ha. <laughs> the greatest gaming theme park ever devised. All right. All right. Well, well, I'll hold you to like if if it ends up happening, I will say, Rich, you are a genius. But let's get into we don't have many listener comments this week. That's perfectly okay. I'm okay with that because um, we have a lot of games to discuss. So it actually will make this a shorter topic, which I think is good. But every Thursday at the Swordchomp Instagram, if you want to comment on the topic of the week, we love to feature your comments on the show. We love doing that. We absolutely adore getting our fans involved in what we're doing and having your unique uh perspective on whatever it is we're talking about so our good buddy tawny s um actually i'm gonna sorry i'm gonna read jt ruiz or justin's comment first um as tawny's references justin's in many ways it's good and bad Hosting a direct or web showcase allows the publisher or developer to have the full control over timing of the message. Rich. <laughs> In addition, it's a hell of a lot cheaper than renting booths, making grand presentations, and sending employees all over the world to conferences. However, there is a sort of magic that a big conference brings. At a show, people who normally would not have crossed paths actually get to meet in person. Deals get made in very interesting ways. I think and hope the big shows stick around, but as a factor of convenience, I do love the directs and showcases. We'll see, I guess. And that's one thing that I didn't really think about mm -hmm. that we didn't discuss, is how this networking between devs and people who work at these companies can happen as well. I'm sure it can happen behind closed doors and DMs and stuff, but kind of like we said, the magic of meeting a developer and learning about their game and getting excited for it there's something about meeting somebody in person experiencing their charisma their personality and being like this is somebody i'd like to work with in the future yeah yeah i mean because as much as we'd experience that going you know talking kind of outside as, as we're in, trying to oh but, yeah i thought yeah. you're gonna say as we're trying to branch into the porn making industry and us meeting various uh porn stars <laughs> yeah but, but like yeah especially yeah Devs meeting each other, getting ideas and, you know, that leading to stuff. That's, that's, that's something that's fun. But Yeah, networking is huge. It's something that in my 20s I absolutely hated. In my early, in my early 30s now, I'm starting to realize the benefit of that. As much as I still it's kind the of The only time I get to go to restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> Olive Garden. You guys want to go to Chili's? Olive Garden, because why, Rich? Because when you're here. Your family. 
I wish I wish the audience could see the face you had. It was so sincere. Cause when you're here and the eyebrow raise, the matter of factness in your mm-hmm. face, I loved every second of that. But no, seriously, uh, networking is a big thing, even though I still kind of feel it's a little bit grimy sometimes and everyone's just putting on airs like, <laughs> how right you are, Tom. Ever so droll. <laughs> Simply divine. I, that's not what happened. To industry. Network. I don't know why it's that for a, but yeah. To industry, Jed. It, it reminds me, I need to get my monocle polished for the next. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before the next convention. Yeah. Yeah. The next convention. <laughs> right. Uh, and Tommy then I S- gave it a 9.5! <laughs> Just industrialist game reviewers. I, I want I want to go to a gaming convention and a developer be, to be like that. <laughs> Graphics card, well, we've got the best on the block. What did you block the point five for? Sound design! <laughs> <laughs> Sixty-four people in this battle royale. Well, we have got two hundred and twenty-seven. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> I could do this for an hour, and I would mm-hmm. not be bored. I'm yeah, not be exaggerating. Fun. So I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop it there. I I literally could do this for an hour with you guys. But anyways, <laughs> Tony S said I'm in lead. It's I'm a good sorry. comment, apparently. We'll, we'll we'll get to hear I, it in a second here, Rich. We'll hear about it one day. Yeah. Sorry, I that that was probably one of my favorite bits that we've done in quite some time. Pretty good. That was. <sighs> what do you mean? That was game industrialist one hundred and one eight bit mm-hmm. p Worthing Bottom. <laughs> I hope that character makes a return. Video game industrialist. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, we're gonna have to workshop that. I loved it. I'm in league with my buddy J. T. Ruiz on this. In addition to this, I feel like shows like a PAX or an EGX resed flowers are the perfect places for indie devs to shine. You want the double A in indie stuff to have a good word of mouth. And I feel like a showcase on an indie direct or a feature on an ID at Xbox just isn't enough for these smaller games. And yeah, I, I think he's absolutely right. As I mentioned with the uh, Chia um, trailer on the PlayStation Showcase, I just feel like it, it, that looks like such a charming game and just people aren't really going to talk about it because you have fucking... Spider-Man 2, you have the Wolverine reveal, you have the Guardians of the Galaxy deeper look, you have Deathloop, you have all these games. It's a tough sell to try and get people excited for Chia when you have all these blockbuster hits that people are excited Chia. <laughs> so, yeah, I, it's, it's something that I'm sure they're going to continue to work through. And I'm glad, you know, there are games like Chia that are getting any kind of airtime at all. But, yeah, it's it's... It's something that I think devs are going to continue to have to work out how to showcase these smaller games and these bigger games at the same time. For sure. Yeah. Josh has a smile on his face as he's about to type something. No, I'm, I'm, you think I'm more of a tortoise shell monocle or a gold, gold rim Defin- monocle? You're, you're definitely a tortoise shell guy. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of was leaning that way. It was, yeah. yeah. Rich would be... Um, 
an elephant ivory tusked monocle yeah, kind of guy because he just doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's me. I got a whalebone toothpick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about shark bone? Because that's I think that's the big thing right now. Sharks are in a sharp decline. Well, yeah, no, but this they, was they don't have bones though. They but don't this have bones, was the I'm big sorry. thing when I got it in 1862. Kind of a floppy um, monocle. Just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a cartilage <laughs> in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely no shark bones. Yeah. Shark teeth monocle. Ooh. <laughs> Just kind of really, really <laughs> wedge itself in there to the eye socket. <laughs> oh, okay. I got my shark tooth. Just blood this gushing out of your go- eye. Gorilla sphincter monocle. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. Uh-huh. Well, those are the only two comments that we had this week. Um, and that's perfectly okay. There's going to be some weeks where, like, I was thinking about it. I was like, why didn't we get a lot of comments on this? And I was like, you know what? Probably not a lot of people are talking about this right now about, you know, what's working and um, what isn't. And I, I was really interested about this topic. I've been interested for a while now. And hopefully this kind of gets the ball rolling for some people about, like, what they want to see in these future showcases. And I think that'd be Mm -hmm. an interesting thing. When I post this, I'll be asking people, please feel free to comment. Like, what would you like to... And I'm actually going to ask you guys this too. I didn't even think to ask you guys this. Stupid me. What would you guys like to see happen in future showcases and directs? Hmm. I want them to beam the knowledge directly into my head. Awesome. Well, that's not osmosis, but yeah, Um, I get your point. Yeah, no, but more so, I, I just want more people to follow that Nintendo formula to a T. Like, let's not waste our time. Get the trailers up. Get the information out there, and let's move on with our lives. Yeah, yeah. Nintendo has. It's it's not even just like a matter of I like being effective. Like I just I feel like the, and it, it's not even the the showcase itself. It's the showcase followed by Treehouse formula that is so excellent about it because. You can watch the deep dive on the stuff you want to see. Yes. a lot more info on. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, like it's it, it works really well. I'm sure there are other ways to do it, but it seems like they've hit gold on that, and so I would be yeah, absolutely broke. fine with other people aping that. You know, just so we're, you know, getting consistent quality in in, totally. in how these things are presented. The one slight gripe i have with that i guess is that i don't know if you guys watched the most recent pokemon direct and that's kind of an offshoot of nintendo it was fucking bloated um there were a few things i was excited about in that trailer but a lot of it was like check out our mobile game that we're working on let's talk about that for three minutes i was like don't really give a fuck about that i like the one that helps me go to sleep (laughs) there's just a lot of i forgot about that that. so you mentioned it again i'm like yeah they they did did do that didn't they Pokemon yeah. Sleep, baby. I'm in. God. The one where that helps you brush your teeth for children poor, as well. I mean, I guess, be, I guess for kids that one it makes sense, man. but like, so much of that smacks of, hey, we're ma- now making Pepsi that puts you to sleep because we live in hell. Dude, my dad's been making Pepsi that puts me to sleep for 27 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your dad puts Pine Sol in your drink too. Yeah! <laughs> Um, but no, like some of those showcases, even if there's like the Nintendo ones, more so the Pokemon ones, sometimes feel a little bit bloated. I felt that a little bit about the Nintendo ones from time to time, but um, for the most part, they are pretty brief. That is the nice thing is like that last Pokemon one I watched, I think was 
30 to 35 minutes. I actually watched it with one of the commenters, Justin. Him and I got in a Discord and watched yeah. it. And that's the long end of those things is 30 to 35 minutes. So that's what I think is sweet. Like at E3, maybe they'll run 40 minutes, but that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it was, it was the higher end of those directs, which is nice. I mean, it's still somewhat respecting your time, even if it is a little bit bloated. Yeah. But I just wanted to make sure that we weren't skirting over that. Because, yeah. yeah, for me personally, I know that the last Pokemon Direct, I was like, for fuck's sake. Like, I was enjoying yeah. talking with think... Justin, and some of the announcements were awesome, but I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think some of those, like, especially, like, the special interests ones, they they drag their feet on because they're expecting everyone there to be, you know, more or Gung-ho less... Gung-ho on the thing they're talking about. Yes, yeah, yeah, in for the long haul because, oh you tuned in for Pokemon. If we show you any Pokemon, you, 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 you know, you at least knew what was coming. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think that would probably be my biggest criticism and hope of change going forward is kind of the formula for how things are announced in these showcases. Like that Pokemon that I, one that I watched, there were some mm-hmm. big announcements up front. It just dragged in the middle. And then at the end, they were like, oh, Shining Diamond and Brilliant Pearl. I think that's the title of the uh, Gen 4 remasters or remakes or whatever. I believe so. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was the Pretty big announcement. sure that's the, the toothpaste end. I use. <laughs> no, you use Gleaming Crest. Hmm. Did you say Gleaming Cunt? No. I don't think I, I don't think Gleaming he said cunt. that. I was like, what is that? You're a Gleaming Cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh <laughs> Maybe that's the title of the show. No, I definitely can't. Yeah, but, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a great on-ramp for our Change it brand. to gleaming, gleaming runt. Yeah. But no, I, I hope that they kind of figure out a better um, ebb and flow of a lot of these shows. And I think that, for example, PlayStations was fairly good. I know some people are complaining about the middle, and I don't understand why. I felt pretty entertained from beginning to end on that one. I hope that the directs and the companies start getting a better ebb and flow of what keeps fans interested. So for example, I think about the PlayStation direct, they had a, an awesome announcement right off the bat. KOTOR is being uh, remade, huge announcement right off the bat. And then they went into their project amnesia, a very big unknown. Um, then they went into Project Eve, another unknown but kind of action packed, and then it led into a bigger announcement. And it kind it had a pretty good ebb and flow, I felt like. And I hope some of these showcases start to figure that out better. Like, okay, uh, here's a known quantity people really want to know. Let's insert something new. And before the fans get kind of bored or disinterested, another known quantity, like things like that. I hope they figure out that formula a little bit. Um, better and make it a little bit more seamless. A little comfort food for baby. Yeah, exactly. Baby want a bottle? Yes. Baby would like that. You know, like, <laughs> complete tangent. Have you, do you guys ever just, like, look at the no. world and the hellscape that we're living in and you're like, I just want to nestle in someone's bosom for, like, an hour and just mm-hmm. be fucking mommied or babied or whatever you want to call it. Even like like anybody, men, women, non-binary, just want to nestle in a bosom for like an Bro, hour. Bro, we specifically asked you not to discuss your fetishes on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Like it's a it's a dude, it's like a recent fetish though. Like in the past year and a half, two years, it's been like I dream of just laying in a fresh pile of tits and just like not pile of I think you're a serial killer. Ha. <laughs> just those, those you know don't, what I mean. Those things don't naturally those naturally occur. <laughs> okay, sorry. A They're pair usually of attached tits. to a human. A yeah. pair of tits. A pair of tits. I'm sorry, I didn't realize I was talking to some fucking literalists here. But like just in a pair of tits, well, not for sexual purposes, but just to lay there and someone to just kind of rub my head, play with my hair a little bit and just it's gonna be okay. You know, like, if you do that, want like, a pile every ten minutes. I am sure that for testing purposes, a lot of these real doll places <laughs> probably have piles. <laughs> Could you imagine that, that you, you walk could, into uh, a warehouse and it's like, yeah. hey, over here is our pile of tits? Yeah. I'm sorry, what? Um, it's it's this swimming pool we've just filled with silicone titties. Yeah, just what's like this? like a like a ball pit. What's yeah. this? But it's what's tit, this door a tit, that a tit pit. <laughs> a tit pit. <laughs> what's this door that just says tit on it? Oh, that's just <laughs> a room where the walls and ceiling and floor are made out of the same material we make the breasts on the dolls out of. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. It, That'd be amazing. A tit room or a tit pit. But anyways. Uh, what about a tit pit in a tit room? At this, Oh, it's a tit room and inside is a special tit pit. Mm-hmm. That's like the VIP tit room. I would like to apologize for us, um, you know, immediately jumping to you being a serial killer. It's because Josh and I are, are working on our new true crime podcast and we're not doing this. So everyone we talk to, we just assume is a serial killer now. Yeah, no, that's it's okay. kind of a... that's okay. Oops, all serial killers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the true part of it is that we we go in assuming that our subject is a serial killer, and over about twelve episodes we find out no, it, it was it was just a <laughs> turns guy. Out, <laughs> turns just, out we imagined all that. <laughs> you guys are like narrating, and we watched him, and we watched we watched him open his door, and we thought, ooh, this may be where the bodies are, and we uh, watched through the window, and you're not gonna believe. Find out next episode what we saw. And that's episode 11, episode 12. We're working on... <laughs> he just and, then, and then he tipped his delivery his driver. Off, drank some beer on his couch and fell asleep like a sad sack of shit. So no, he's not a serial killer. He's just <laughs> overwhelmed like the rest of us. You know what sucks too is like toward the tail end of episode 8, we were pretty sure we had solved the Jean Benet Ramsey case. Mm-hmm. But it turns out none of those people we were talking to were involved at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we met this guy down by never mind i'm gonna stop there uh, anyways uh we're gonna take a quick break we need to go top off and all that jazz stay tuned we're gonna be talking about some games after this you guys ever drink a jean benet ramsey it's like a shirley temple but with whiskey instead of vodka hmm there, boy. What news? News, sir. New graphic designs over at store.swordchomp.com. New graphic designs at store.swordchomp.com. That's right, sir. My God. You can get all the designs you want on t-shirts, masks, hoodies, even phone cases. They've done it. Those sword chomp boys have brought Christmas early. Aye, sir. 
This surely will be the best Christmas yet if you navigate over to store.swordchomp.com right now. God bless you, Sonda. God bless us, everyone! So we are back from oh, break. Oh. <laughs> oh man uh before the before the break ended uh we were having some very interesting conversation about uh cockroaches and ball gags uh it's gonna go at the back end of the show hopefully uh if josh remembers be on the lookout for that you'll see why we are laughing coming back from our break but um we're gonna be talking about some video games now we played a lot of video games this week and we are starting off with a game that has been getting tens from all of these reviewers and uh, some other stuff has been happening on reviews. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But Deathloop has taken the gaming world by storm. Arcane's newest venture. Rich, Josh, you guys have been playing it a ton, praising yeah. it in our WhatsApp chat. Let the world know what you think. I, I think we should start by trying to sort of quantify what this is because I, I didn't know what to expect going in. And I think having a ton of it under my belt now I understand why the marketing for this game was so weird and why no one seemed to really understand what it is because it takes a lot of stuff from other places, but like parts for a whole, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it. And it might be my favorite thing Arcane has ever done hands down. Mm -hmm. um, so in an age of a lot of time loop games, some of them good, some of them bad, some of them outer world, some of them 12 minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Deathloop is is a time loop game uh, where you play as a character by the name of Colt on the island of Black Reef. And the main crux of the game basically is that you wake up on the beach on this island, the island of Black Reef, and completing a loop is split into four sections. So there are four levels, quote unquote, four areas on the island to explore and four times of day. There's morning, noon, afternoon, and evening. So basically, you can complete four areas, leaving an area makes the time of day pass, and getting through all four completes a loop. Um, and this, this island, you were a part of it. A lot of the mystery has to do with unraveling why you're here, what was happening. But basically, it is an island of rich sociopathic douchebags. Um, the, the guy who founded it is literally in a very clear nod to the founder of Twitter named Alexis Dorsey. Uh, much like one Jack Dorsey. Interesting. Um, and basically, there's some sort of anomaly that happens here. You di discover a lot more of that through reading text and stuff as you explore the island. But this island is caught in a 24-hour time loop. So unlike a lot of time loop media, and I think this is maybe the most interesting narrative take on it, everyone on the island knows they're in a time loop. Whoa. Um, yeah. So mm -hmm. they know everything's going to reset in 24 hours, much to the point of sometimes you'll like stealth kill someone and as they fall, they'll be like, see you tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do they remember after um, the 24? It, it's not made clear immediately, but there's some like dialogue that suggests that just Colt and Juliana, another character who's hunting you, remember what happened the day before. Okay. I but think everyone does. No, they don't. Juliana expressly t says that. Only she remembers, and sometimes you do. Yeah. All right. I, I think there's supposed to be a way for everyone to remember. Is kind of uh, was the they, original intention. Sorry, that's 
Um, they teach you that early on, but not everybody does is kind of the, which is the explanation yeah. for why they sort of keep their patterns. Um, mm -hmm. but you, you sort of take things step by step. They checkpoint things and keep track of a lot of information for you, for you to discover who's going to be where, when, and that sort of stuff. But the main loop of the game is there are eight visionaries on the island. Um, and based on this sort of theory you've crafted, um, if you kill all eight visionaries in one day, it should break the loop. So that is that is your goal. But mm -hmm. the the thing that's most interesting to me about like the the narrative setup of the world is one, it's on this island that's like this old like Soviet bomb shelter type deal. Like it's it's got a very sixties vibe to it. And these people are out here doing crazy things because the reason they're here basically is because they are now effectively immortal, and they can quite literally just do research and party like there's no tomorrow for eternity. Yeah. Yeah, like, you can tell it's been advertised as, like, a getaway thing. Like, come here, do literally anything. Like, you know, it's it's sort of... It's, it's kind of their take on the, here's an island where we hunt man sort of, you know, vacation thing for the ultra-rich. Like, come here and you can kill yourself. You can do whatever... And everything will be fine afterwards, which is, um, and people again, are like, doing crazy shit because of that. They, mm -hmm. There's like a section of the map where you'll find dudes launching themselves out of cannons because who fucking cares? Yeah, yeah. Um, which again is kind of why I initially thought I think everyone's supposed to be able to remember stuff because the whole point is like this is a tourist thing that we're we're bringing in it, big it money. Seems there is a possibility, but, yeah. But like the way Juliana seems to explain it is that not everyone always does. And they mm -hmm. have to take certain steps during the loop to make sure they do. And you spend a lot of your yeah. time cutting them off. Yes, that yes which, is, which is um, not really a spoiler here because it's how the game starts. You don't remember anything at the beginning of the game. And you're slowly remembering stuff as you go. Um, because you... Um, at the beginning of the game, you, you've, you've lost your memory of, of what exactly, you know all your other loops that you've you've been through so far so far um so it seems like that's one of the side effects that they were not prepared for initially was you know that you would forget that yeah. you forget stuff after these loops that's interesting it kind of reminds me there are two star trek next generation episodes that that reminds me of sorry mm -hmm. most things in my brain always revert back to star trek there's yeah. an episode called cause and effect or basically the ship is in a tempor temporal loop. And mm -hmm. basically they have to try and solve how to get out of this temporal loop before the ship explodes. And the ship explodes pretty much every time they reach the end of this bubble until they figure out how to break the time loop. And also it reminds me of this other episode called Conundrum, where basically the crew of the ship wakes up having no knowledge of how they got there, what's happened, who they are, yeah. and then they have to piece together who they are and why they're there. It's kind of like a combination of those in some way, mm -hmm. a little bit. Sorry, that's the, that's the amount of analysis yeah, yeah, no. I, can, you're saying. I can add, but yeah. It sounds really fascinating, is what I'm trying to but say. I think the thing that's neatest, and I'm not sure how much time you've put in yet, Josh, is the way like there's so many moving parts, but the game does such a good job of keeping track of it for you. Like, even mm -hmm. if you overhear a conversation, it'll add something to your notes about, like, oh, this person's going to be at this party in the evening. So, effectively, yes. there's 16 maps, because there's four maps and four times of day, four and times, they change yes. 
based off the time of day. So like you might only be able to encounter this character, this building might only be open at this at, in nighttime or, you know, this building burns down in the afternoon, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, um, like I've always liked time loop games. Like Majora's mask was kind of got me hooked on That's that idea. Um, and can, you, you mentioned this before, how this is like one of arcane's like best games. And I, I think, the combination of an immersive sim and a time loop, I think, is what makes it tick so well. It takes out the anxiety for me. It's dishonored where I don't have to, like, commit to how I'm going to play mm-hmm. because it, it kind of, like, it presents itself with that same dishonored stealth and it has powers. A lot of them are straight out of dishonored. Like, there's yes. a blink ability that's literally the blink ability from dishonored. Mm-hmm. But it shit is going to go sideways fast in this game a lot of the time. And unlike Dishonored, where I feel like when shit goes sideways, I fucked up. This game more encourages you, you always to just want to roll, play it out. Yeah, yeah, just roll with it. And well, it's not just a matter of you want to; it's you will. Like there's there's yeah. no saves coming in this the way the way the you know the way the saving works in this game. But um, it also doesn't make you feel bad about that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I think I think this idea is something that the genre has kind of needed because. There, are, there have always been multiple paths, ways to tackle different uh, obstacles that you're facing uh, in those games, and you don't ever really get to experience them in a, in a playthrough. Like you, you figure yeah. out how you want to do something, and sometimes you'll wander around and be like, "Oh, I, I could have come in there," but just you're not gonna go back. Like even if you go back out and come back in, like it's it's not the same thing. It's um. This gives you reasons to really learn the maps and kind of understand, okay, like I could get through there during this time of day. Like it's, they're, they're way more guards, and, but I could sneak through over here. Um, and it like, yeah. it's, it, 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 that's something that I feel like immersive Sims have always promised, but never really given Deliver you a, a reason to interact with. Um, unless you're just like a super hardcore fan who's going to end up replaying these things over and over again, which a lot of mm-hmm. people are, but this, this bakes it into the core experience of playing through the game. And there's no, um, like if you are going for that stealth routine, another thing I like is there's no like dishonored need to hide bodies. Cause when you, uh, when you kill someone, they turn into temporal energy and disappear. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice, good narrative reason to not waste your time hiding bodies. Um, so everybody just goes poof, just like in, you know. And I think the best way to solid. quantify this, um, the best way I could think to quantify at least was it's equal parts. It's like Dishonored meets Groundhog Day meets Hitman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, was, I think a lot of the stuff they're doing here just lends itself to immersive sims in a way that sometimes immersive sims left to their own devices can end up feeling stuffy like and this feels the opposite like to me this is this strips away all the stuff i didn't like about dishonored yeah. out, out of dishonored and i like dishonored but there's yeah a yeah certain, I'm, a, like, I'm a pressure to play it a certain way that this game exactly. does not give you and I, I think that's really cool also the world and the writing are really good like the constant back and forth with colt and juliana is fantastic oh it's yeah it's really um, good um, and I, I don't think we even talked, we didn't talk about the other mode either, which is, um, 
there's from the menu there's two select there's the the single player mode which is break the loop and then there's protect the loop uh which is you could play as Juliana and invade other people's games and try and kill them. Yes, because the, the uh, not the main antagonist, but kind of your your foil through all of this is hunting you down. Um, and she can randomly invade your game. Mm-hmm. There's rules to how when she can and at what points, but it's either an AI or another living player can invade your game if you're playing an online yes. mode. Um, so you can choose to do that, to play as Juliana and go invade other people's games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, honestly, I feel like a lot of the stuff they're doing here, um, it it reminds me of the DLC for Prey an awful lot, where because the idea is mastery of these areas, um, that that one accomplished it not with a time loop, but by it being essentially like a roguelike sort of a thing. Yeah. which there's some DNA of that in this, but yeah, like um, how you carry progression over by infusing items and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I think it works really well. I think it solves a lot of the not necessarily problems, but common pitfalls of the genre just get naturally addressed by having that style of game in a different type of universe. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the things I want to say is I have felt an incredible amount of FOMO this week because you guys have been talking about it. All the critics have been raving about this game and, uh, so much so that I, and I told you guys about this in, um, WhatsApp. I don't know if you guys heard the message. Mm -hmm. There's this small entertainment store that sells like video games and movies that I drive by when I leave my school. When, I, when I'm working every day. And it's a smaller city or a smaller town here in Japan. And I drive by it and I was like, you know, I always wonder if I stop in there, if I could find a fucking PS5 lying around somewhere. So yesterday I was like, fuck it. I don't know why, but I was like, I really, well, I know why, because I want to play this fucking game. <laughs> so I pull over, pull into the parking lot and I'm like, I need to see if I can get one. Head over to the, I didn't want to ask the, the clerks and stuff just because, I still get a little nervous speaking Japanese and in a more professional setting sometimes. And so I go to over to the shelf to look and there's a Japanese paper there that's PS5 in big bold letters and some other shit. So I use my phone, I translate it. They have a lottery system and this is the common thing here in Japan. A lot of stores do there, yeah, I was going to say, right? It's whack as fuck. But basically, you have to go online and register for this lottery system and if you're chosen, then you can buy the PS5. If you're not chosen, there's no way you can buy the you go PS5, to even if it's in the store. And um, so I stopped in there. There was some on, on stock, but I couldn't buy them. So I was like, mm. cool. That sucks. Well, Seems I like mean, they'd I have some in, sort of... Well, I, mean, I, I imagine they only keep them there for so long before they pull they the next name or whatever. They would probably pick the next... Another but, person uh, in the lottery system. Yeah. But, um you could it just yeah it was frustrating but the other thing i wanted to talk about with this game is it's something that i posted about on instagram that fucking blew up and i did not expect it to um this game has been getting review bombed for two different things primarily one is being the use of uh denivo and just some of the, the issues that the game has been having 
on the PC primarily, also on the PS5 a little bit. The other review bombing um, has been due to um, it's it's kind of like a a two lumped into one issue is Xbox fanboys um, saying fuck PS5 basically and Sony, and then the other thing is Microsoft uh, bought that company fair and square, and Xbox fanboys complaining about. Uh, the game not being available on Xbox currently, even though it's going to be on Xbox next year and on Game Pass next year. Yeah, I was going to say, but, and, and you're not going to have to pay for it when it gets there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, you're going to have to pay the membership. Yeah, for, but you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I couldn't fucking fathom that that's, that's the level that we're dealing with this. Um, oh, not I can. to get too much into a, um, a conversation about review bombing. That's for, we can do that. Uh, address that another day. Um, but my first curiosity was, um, now have you guys had some of these technical issues that have been being discussed in the reviews? I don't know if you've seen some of the the lower reviews on that or not. Um, but, um have you guys had some of those technical issues? I mean, I haven't. I'm yet to have an issue. Yes, ish, but that's because I'm picky. Um, one of them is that the way it handles inputs is uh, frame rate based. And so it, it does some weird things with smoothing your inputs if you're not running at a multiple of 30. So you can, you know, 30, 60, 90, 120 frames per second. Mm, Otherwise, right. it'll, it'll smooth your inputs, which doesn't really matter. You, I locked it to 120, so I'm not, you know, whatever um mm. so i like i knew that was an issue going in so i just you know set the frame rate cap on it so it wouldn't uh wouldn't screw with my inputs um but it, that's not a major problem and i don't think most people will notice that unless they're ocd and play a bunch of you know pc first person shooters um stuff like that is not enough to like i i can sometimes notice it but even then it's not like i'm I'm not fucking losing sleep over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's not major things uh from that from my experience. I'm sure there are issues. Like that's that's every PC game it, on particular specs. It just something runs wonky. Um and that that can take a long time to kind of iron out a lot of those bugs. But sure. Arcane has a good track record of taking care of that stuff. Um on Yeah, they on support PC. their games. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm so confused. A lot of these reviews, I'm actually looking at a lot of them right now, are saying that the graphics feel outdated and ray tracing doesn't work very well on the PC. And then you have so many other people talking about how great it looks and the art style and stuff like that. And yeah, it's got a great aesthetic, like, and it, it's those sort of like almost flat, but like popping colors, like. Yeah, it's like that, that, that sort of 60s and 70s, like, disco look to it. Yeah, um, it's very 60s, 70s, like, it's like early Bond in a lot of its, um, yeah. in a lot of its visuals. Um, I wouldn't know for the ray tracing thing, because, again, my stance on that is don't ever fucking turn on ray tracing. It's going to tank your frame rate for no reason, like, and, and games have figured out how to make things look really pretty without it at this point um 
I don't know. I think we're about two, three graphics cards away from there being a reason to turn on ray tracing, but I don't know. Fair enough. I don't know. So I'm not, I'm not like, going to tell not people me. how to live. If you want to, go ahead and try it and deal with the issues. It's there. But yeah. Okay. So I yeah, it's just interesting. Um, yeah, like I said, we're not going to get into the review bombing thing of it. Um, maybe that's something we'll do in a few episodes, kind of talk, having an updated conversation about that because that's such a hot topic right now. Um, but yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Deathloop. I, I'm excited when you you guys haven't finished it, right? No. No, I'm kind of. I was taking my time finishing up another thing i'm definitely not taking my time it's hard for me to put down but i had uh, a couple of things i wanted to get off my plate first and now that's kind of priority Hmm. is this something you guys would be like moved to try and do a chomping after dark on you guys think that it warrants it or not as much possibly there's a lot though it's a lot of moving parts yeah i think it could be interesting i'm it's i i I don't know enough about the story yet to know I've talked to a few other people too, and it might be a difficult one to address because the way this thing feeds you information, I can't imagine anyone will have the same path. Oh, yeah. And also wondering if there's more than one way you can end it or if there is one final funnel you you get pushed into. Gotcha. Yeah. In in a lot of other games, they're pretty open. So I don't know. I'll, okay. I'll have more information when I have more information is kind of where I'm at. We kind of <laughs> need to finish it before we can say if that's even something that seems possible. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah okay, I mean, well, I guess that might be, that might just be a rabbit hole that it might be four hours long if we decide to do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll check back in with you guys next week on that game then. Mm-hmm. Uh, next game we're going to talk about is Tales of Arise. Uh, this is a game that I've been very much looking forward to ever since playing the demo uh both of these gents have not had time to get into it yet unfortunately and understandably so the tales games are longer games they're these um anime style games that uh are very much lauded uh they've i think this is a 17th entry into the main series at this point and anime um, what are you me exactly so I, I have, a, like I said in the past, I have a little bit of experience with the Tales games. Um, I've seen my friend play Vesperia, and I tried it out a little bit. Pretty fun game. I played a little bit of Symphonia uh, on my PC. I've uh, seen the ending, the last two hours of Berseria, a friend of mine was streaming that. And that's about the extent of my experience with the Tales games. Hmm. So I didn't have a lot of experience, and I've always wanted to play them, just never prioritized them. And when I played the demo, I was just blown away at how gorgeous the game looks and the tech. Um, I can't remember his name. I don't know, Rich, if you remember the, the name of the guy who left um, the studio. He's worked on pretty much all the Tales games before that. Do you remember his name? <coughs> I do not know that off the top of my head, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I'll look that up here in a little bit. But, um, or, Rich, if you can look it up for me while yeah, I Yeah, let me see if I can find gab. out. Um, he left the studio, and so this is the first game without him at the helm. And one of the things that I know the the dev team have really talked about is wanting to just turn this into a AAA game. It's always kind of been a single-layer, double-A game. It's never been in that upper echelon. And just they ramped everything up, and they tried to lessen the on-ramping of getting into the systems and everything. They're trying to make it more accessible for people. So upping the ante on the graphics and the fidelity, 
lowering the learning curve for the systems. Um, I felt like this was the perfect time for me to jump on board and see what these games are about. I haven't gotten too terribly far into the game, unfortunately. This week I was pretty busy. But man, is this game gorgeous. I want to tell you guys that first off the bat. Absolutely gorgeous. The demo was not showing the best part of the game or anything like that. It is a gorgeous game from the moment you start it. Um, very much in the anime style, of course, but it is just the fidelity is more more than I expected it to be. Uh, having seen the previous Tales games, where it always seemed like oh, they're good graphics, but it always seems like a half gen or a gen behind. This game feels right in line, and I can only imagine what it looks like on the newest consoles or on the PC. Uh, the story kind of centers around you controlling this main character called the Iron Mask at the beginning. Uh, he literally has a mask that completely surrounds his head with two little crescent slits. And it completely encapsulates his head. He has amnesia, of course, as we joked around well, a few weeks anime. ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as most main protagonists do in anime and anime-like products. And... He is in a slave encampment. He is a part of a race um, of humanoid species, uh, pretty much humans, that are enslaved by this other group um, that whenever they use this special kind of uh, innate magic, their eyes glow. And so they have basically enslaved these quote-unquote lesser human species. And it's pretty dark at the beginning, like not in terms of actual lighting sources, but in terms of story, it's pretty dark in the beginning. Um, you see children being enslaved, and uh, there's implication that these these children are abused by this this other species of people. And of course, the Iron Mask comes in to kind of stop the child abuse and stuff like that. And you there are inklings of a revolution happening, and there's an old guy who kind of tells you to look out for the right moment to lead that revolution. And then, lo and behold, the revolution comes knocking on your door at the least expected time, quote-unquote. And Hello. you kind of go, kind of go off with that revolution, and that's the start of the story. Um, I'm not going to get into it much more than that, because then that kind of curtails into something we do on Chomping After Dark. But that's the premise. That's the very, very basic setup. It goes off so many directions from there. Um, the, the combat, uh, one of the things I really want to talk about is the combat, because uh, I know that it is, like I said, it's an easier combat system to get into. You have slashing and blocking, of course, and dodging, and your buttons are mapped. The more characters you get to play with, you can use three abilities of your own as the main character or the character you're controlling, which you can choose those abilities. And on your directional pad, not the analog stick, but the directional pad, each character is slotted to one of those directions on the directional pad, and you can use one of their abilities. And that ability has to charge up to when you can use it. Kind of an interesting system there, not one that I'm used to using, per se. It's really refreshing. It gives me the ability to control these characters without having to micromanage everything that they're doing which I really much appreciated, or very much appreciated, excuse me. It's easy to get into, and I love that. The combat itself, um, it feels a little bit difficult right off the bat. You really have to kind of get 
used to those systems, used to dodging, because those enemies hit hard right out the gate. So it's like a tri- trial by fire. You really got to get used to the systems of the combat. So I'm still getting used to it now as uh, they start to unlock more things for me, more abilities, more characters are starting to join my party or leave my party, figuring out the dynamics there. I, I'm really enjoying the, the exploration of the world. Just because the game is so beautiful and it has you picking up these different items. It's not like an open world game. It's very much like corridor, like they control where you can and can't go. There are, of course, secrets that you can find if you explore thoroughly and it's to your benefit to do so. But I love, I just, I love exploring this world. On top of that, you come to certain areas and you can hit, I'm playing on the PS4, you hit R1 on the PlayStation controller. And you can get little skits or little scenes where the characters talk about what they're encountering or information about their past, things of that nature. It's, it's a pretty immersive game. I, I don't want to talk too much more about it because obviously I haven't gotten that far into it. A sure. few of the funny things I really wanted to mention to you guys is um, there, there's a secret species that you can come across in this game and they're these owls they're kind of these fictionalized unique somewhat supernatural owls they, they're creatively designed the voice on these owls is voiced by a, a, a woman and when <laughs> when you get close to the owl it isn't like an owl going like whoo whoo it's a woman going and it was extremely erotic i'm almost there (laughs) who's gonna lick my clit no um that's too far sorry me (laughs) mum it's a me no i was watching um johnny millennium uh one of one of the youtubers i watched talking about games he was talking about this game a few days sounds like a korean game show host He was talking about this game a few days before its release, and he had mentioned that. He didn't actually show an owl doing that with the audio. He talked about it. So I was prepared to experience this ahead of time. But apparently nothing can prepare you for that. Seeing it, like, like, he didn't spoil it for me. I was like, oh my fucking god, this is insane (laughs) and amazing at the same time. Who? Yeah, hearing that, like, Hearing Ooh. that happen in one of the environments when I finally encountered it, I was laughing my ass off. Ooh, is there a hero in the forest? <laughs> you get special items when you find these owls, so it behooves you, behooves you to find them. <laughs> the other thing that made me laugh about this game, I was laughing at like 9.30 at night. So there's this mission that you're going on. You as a main character, the Iron Mask, I still don't know his identity quite yet. I need to, like I said, I need to play more. There's another character you're running around with, and they need to get a certain set of clothing. And there's reasons which I won't spoil. So you're going into this abandoned technology, now overtaken by nature area. So the character goes to put on the clothes and comes back out. And the Iron Mask... He's complaining about, like, why are we looking for these clothes? Are they really that important? The character walks out of the changing area. And Iron Mask lead character gives this hilarious, shuddering pleasure sound. 
that I was laughing my ass off. He's like, oh, out of nowhere. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, they just got to the just, swimsuit episode of the anime. Yeah, you can, you can this take game the, is just full of eroticism. You can take the yeah, anime, an anime out of the hentai, but you can't take the hentai out of the, the anime. Out of the anime. No, yeah. for real. I was like, That's this our game is so serious, addressing these serious issues of like revolution and oppression and slavery. And, and of course, sex. you got you still got to get in there the orgasm owls and the shuddering mm-hmm. main character when it is anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, at, at at its core element, it has those funny things. You don't have like the nosebleed shitter, anything like that. It as of now, yeah, but. it it is that brand of JRPG. Tales definitely falls into it. It's like I've been playing for a while. Like in the back, I'm playing a ton of the Trails games, and like they sure do do. It's like political intrigue and warfare, and then just every you know like three hours or so, you get one of those scenes where you're like, "Why are we doing this?" <laughs> Dude, seriously, yeah. Yeah, very much that. But no, I've enjoyed. I've really enjoyed the game so far. Um, I definitely want to get more into it this weekend. I have a three day weekend, so I'm going to be pouring some more time in. I'll have a lot more thoughts next week on awesome. it. Mm-hmm. Um, just if wanted time, to briefly talk about it as much as I perfect could. world. Uh, I might I might find time to get into it before then. So it, with any luck, I will, and we can we can talk about it yeah. a little bit. That'd yeah, be fingers crossed. I yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to finish it by next week, obviously. I'm hoping to put a decent I doubt chunk. Those games are long. I'd be, if you did, good for you, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if you can't find the time. No, I want to put a decent mm. chunk of time in and then kind of, like I was telling these guys off the air, kind of put it aside for a little while so I can get to some of the other games that are dropping, uh, that are dropped at the end of this week that are going to be dropping here in the next few weeks. So out of curiosity, I have to partition my time effectively. Out of curiosity, I'm plugging this into how long to beat Mm-hmm. Oh, that! Did you find out who the the? If anyone's beaten it yet, to, uh, I to, think to you to might be. You yeah. might be talking about Yoshi, uh, Yoshi Masa Tanaka. I'm not 100 percent sure. That sounds familiar. Main story for Tales of Arise on how long to beat is 38 hours. Main plus extra is 52. Completionist is 66. Yeah, it's actually yeah, not as I'm long not... as I expected. Yeah, those those games are pretty fucking long, so I'm not surprised by that at all. But yeah, I um yeah, I I don't think I'm going to be able to sit down and beat that game within the next week and other games coming out, but I definitely want to put a decent amount of time into it so I can <laughs> speak a little bit more eloquently about how it develops. Absolutely. So, I look mm-hmm. forward to hearing more. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next game. That I know you guys, especially Rich, is going to be excited to talk about. WarioWare, get it together. It's more Rich, time, friends. How are you excited? Or how um, excited are you, rather? How are you? How are you excited, Rich? Come on. I was uh, very much so. I was very excited for a new WarioWare, um, which is where I should say I'm kind of tepid now. Um, I still think this is good. It's got it's got some issues, um, which is that. At its core, it is the WarioWare thing, the super fast micro games, like nonstop beat. This game is titled WarioWare Get It Together because its main gimmick is some some sort of co-op focused stuff. Mm -hmm. I think trying to do the co-op stuff is where it falls apart a little bit and comes up short. Um, One of the big changes are in past WarioWare games, as people might remember, there's always sort of like a straight interface on a micro game by micro game basis. Yeah. This is a little bit more character driven in that um 
you choose who you're playing as, Wario or another one of his Diamond City pals, a, a group of people that I don't know why they hang out together. Um, and they all control completely differently. Like, Wario uh, moves in all directions on his jetpack, and he attacks in the direction he's moving, and you have to use the way the character functions to solve the micro game, and I think that's where the first issue comes in, because I feel like in certain micro games, some of them just don't work. Yeah, and they, they actually mention that uh, after you beat the game, there's like a little thing that shows which games, you know, are so you, best so you can practice characters. them, which is something they've done before. Um, yeah. But they, they show for, like, for this game, like, which characters are better at it and which ones are going to have a really hard time with it. Um, and the idea is that for, like, each collection of mini games, you'll kind of pick a These crew characters that, are best suited yeah, for that, this. Yeah, that suits the, the challenge. Um, I think the way that actually plays out for the most part is that some of them are just better at uh, everything for the most part. Like, uh, Wario is probably the best all-arounder option. Like, he can really handle pretty much anything without much of trouble. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's two sets of characters that I think are, like, the weirdest choices to me, which is, again, that weird focus on the co-op stuff. There's two sets of characters that work identically in the way that they only really work in multiplayer. One person yeah. is can only shoot to the left, and one person can only shoot to the right. But to sort of go back to what I was talking about, all the micro games work, and all the fun of WarioWare is there, but I played a bit. I got a chance with a couple friends to sit down and do it in co-op, and mm -hmm. WarioWare has always been a multiplayer experience for me at like parties and stuff, but more of a competitive sense of, like, let's see who can get the farthest. Yeah. WarioWare tasks you with, like, looking at a thing and really quickly getting a handle on it and like understanding it. And it is a game of failure and repetition when it's not moving at that correct speed. And there's like this weird cadence where multiple people are trying to figure it out and one person's getting it and one person's not, it grinds to a halt and doesn't yeah. really work. Like it's a game that's trying to tout like, look, we made it co-op, but it still works best when it's single player. And that feels weird. Yeah. I've noticed that with, I, I think part of it is that you're learning new games, but also, with like each new stage you're learning you're also learning a new character so like how do you even move through this thing it's kind of it's it's throwing a lot at you at the same time and you have no time at all to learn it it's just try it which i mean i don't think we're ever going to hit the peak that was smooth moves again just I because smooth the just and this is the, still the, really the good ease I... of just you know waggling a joy-con the way you think oh obviously this is how this thing would would work yeah. Um and I do I do still think I should say like this is still a really fun Wario where I just don't know if it's fifty dollars good. Like I think when it's like down to thirty or something, it might be more palatable for people because it's got more problems than I'm used to used to WarioWare having and mm -hmm. that big like co op cell just doesn't work for me. Like at its heart, it's still single player Wario at its best. Yeah. And there's straight up characters I've written off being like, I just don't like playing as this person because yeah, like we were saying, you'll encounter certain media games where it's like, just as an example, I'm not, this character isn't necessarily a problem for me, but it'd be like, I don't know how I could possibly solve this as cricket. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, yeah, there are a few like that. Um, some of the more futzy ones where it's like, move this physicsy object in an exact way, with some of the like characters that automatically move or do something in an awkward or don't way, don't move at all. Like, yeah, uh, it's like, like eight volt. How, how or am I volt? supposed to even accomplish this? And, like, a lot of times it's, oh, it's a puzzle I've already seen a few times, but figuring out how and you'd even approach it with some of these characters is yeah. just 
too hard to figure out in the four seconds that you have. It, it's a to, puzzle you've already seen and you know how to solve it, but you do not. There's no way to wrap your head around mm-hmm. how to do it's it like with here, this particular character. It's like, obviously, you've gotten a hang on screws. Here's a hammer. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> give wild. this a shot. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's still fun. Like, I'm I'm Absol- having it, it's a lot more fun by myself, though. And I don't know if you're finding yes, the same thing. I'm fi- yes, I'm finding the same thing because smooth moves. I. That's a game that you just turn on and leave on. In that the was background. a launch like, day game, wasn't it? Because I remember well, I remember setting up my Wii and playing smooth moves almost immediately. I can't remember if it was launch day or not, but I, I know I had it for it was basically definitely the launch, entire launch window at the very least. I feel like I had it. I don't one. know. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember if it was or not, because I know Wii Sports also kind of lived in the machine for a long time there as well for the same yeah. sort of turn this on and have it in the background of a party sort of a thing. I should say, though, the but... uh, the, na- the narrative bit like past WarioWare's is short. Like I beat it in like one sitting, mm-hmm. but it's still super good. Super weird, dumb writing. Yeah. Uh, the the basic hook is that uh, WarioWare Inc. is producing a new video game, and the entire Diamond City crew is sucked inside. And Wario and crew now have to go through cleaning out all the bugs to fix the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some super weird, great character moments in there where Wario is only enticed to say because of the promise of treasure, as Wario would do. Yeah. Uh, there's enough here, but like for. I think I, I, I'm going to be getting a review up for this soon, but I think I'd be hard-pressed to tell someone that it, it's, this package is worth $50. I don't think it's a bad package, but I think like in the $30 range, it might be more enticing yeah. because it is, at its heart, best as a single-player experience. Yeah, because yeah, it feels more like the, the Game Boy Warrior Wears. It's something I'm going to play with this by myself sort of a thing. It's, it's yeah. not something you're going to... Or you, like the thing is, if I took it out at a party at this point, I wouldn't even take it out in the co-op mode. I'd be like, let's just take turns and see who can get the furthest and like go yes. for scores. Because that's the fun way to play WarioWare at a party it, yeah, is competitively. Um, yeah, I, I, all right. Other, other quick thing there. I think we kind of hit all the main points there. But, um, the game's a little buggy as well. Like this, um, I've had it crash twice on me now. In I can't say I've had that. Um, only game I've had that happen with on the Switch, but yeah, since since I've been playing it, had it crash twice. Um, huh. Where it'll Interesting. Just, it'll kick you back out to the menu. I probably need to restart the Switch at some point and see if that takes care of it. But uh, maybe yeah, no, I mean, I... and then it'll just you know I'll be back in the uh, in the menu. Maybe um, they'll push an update that'll fix something. Who knows? Like I mean, I. I... 100% believe that's happened to you. I just, I can't say I've had the same experience. Yeah, yeah, no, those sort of things are hard to nail down, but I, I imagine Nintendo's always been good about taking care of that stuff before, so I imagine if they know about that, it'll get fixed. Oh, I also, I, I feel I have to give a shout out to um, when you pick the subcategories of micro games. One of my favorite ones is the one that is just Nintendo referential to hell. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite micro games is, and Shay, you'll enjoy this. There's a Fire Emblem Three Houses micro game where it's the tea parties from Fire Emblem Three Houses, and it'll be like, "Say something nice," and you have to quickly pick the correct conversational option. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I didn't, I didn't think I'd like that section in Fire Emblem Three Houses as much as I did, and I fucking loved it. It's really good. For the longest time, my Twitter banner, it might still be, was the glitch where uh, Death is at the tea party. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's an actual glitch. Yeah, that was a thing people managed to make happen. That's great. That's dope. I love that. But well, cool. Um, 
Next is Fist, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to read the whole title. That that title is atrocious, but um, Rich, tell us about... You talking about F-I-S-T, Forged in Shadow Torch? Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a game that had been on my radar for a little bit of a hot minute. As a, it's a Metroidvania, uh, one I've been keeping an eye on for a minute. It launched on PS5 and PS4, and I gobbled this pretty long game, like 14-hour game, up in like three days. It's really fucking good, you guys. Um, so this is another one that there's likely a review up for by the time this podcast is live. Um, right. In Fist, you play as a character named Rayton, who is a uh, anthropomorphic rabbit in a sort of diesel punk world. Um, the city, uh, Torch City, aesthetically, it's very much like Midgar in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like, it is that sort of city. Mm-hmm. Um and the sort of setup you get is Rayton and this group of other animals, at one point, I believe about six years ago, they were fighting in other, the resistance against the Iron Dogs, who are now these mechanical uh, robot overlords who now rule over Torch City. And obviously they lost. Um, and Rayton was one of two mech pilots. He piloted this big uh, yellow mech to fight against the Iron Dogs. Long since retired, but people still refer to him as the Rabbit Hero, despite the fact that they lost, which makes no sense to me. Um, and basically he's got a friend Urso who's this bear who used to be one of the mechanics with him who's been trying to talk him into you know fighting back do something and he's like nah we lost that time's over we're just gotta kind of resign ourselves Uh, shortly after that naturally Urso gets kidnapped by the Iron Dogs and Raiden is inspired to go fight to get him back Um, and instead uh, Urso has not managed in this time to fully repair Raiden's mech but instead, he, he's fixed one of the arms, which you have strapped to your back on a harness, and that sort of becomes your weapon. It's this big iron fist. Um, and it is a very melee-focused Metroidvania. You unlock two other weapons as you progress. You unlock sort of a drill uh, that all functions in the same way, and also this electrified whip. Uh, I found as the game goes on, the other two weapons became much more about like traversal and stuff for me and using them to mm. that accord. Uh, I still mostly use the fist for fighting, but there's three big skill trees for all of them. The combat, a little bit stiff at first, but once you start opening up that skill tree within like the first hour or two, I'd say, it starts to really come together with like blocks and good solid combos you can get to juggle enemies. Combat just feels really good, and um, it's it's just really fun to play. Uh, It is a big map with a lot to explore. I finished it, but I haven't uncovered everything. Much like, you know, Metro, it's Metroidvania stuff. You're going to find walls you can't break or areas you can't get to until you come back later with XYZ ability. Yeah. Um, it's The story is kind of meh, if I'm being honest, but the gameplay is fun enough to carry you through it, and the look of the world is cool enough to carry you through it. The This is a weird thing I can say I've never done with anything else. About four hours in, I switched the uh, audio the, the audio to the original Chinese. Hmm. because I don't think this is a problem with the actual writing. I think it's a problem with like a direct translation of the script. Like the delivery of the lines is fine, but something I noticed after a while, and somebody pointed this out to me also, which made me notice it even more. Um, with the weird translation, it, it just doesn't work. It seems like they did a one for one and there's a lot of repeating of like proper nouns. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of like, Oh, we need to go. Uh, we need to go to the sewers. 
we could find the drill when we get to the sewers. The drill in the sewers when we get to the sewers. Like, they just keep repeating the same things, like, six times. And it, it got grating once I noticed it. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's, uh, that's, oddly enough, another Metroid... Well, it's not really a Metroidvania. They, they presented it as such, but it's more of, like, a Souls-like, just kind of fight your way through it. But Eastern Exorcist is, is another took- Metroidvania from... China. Metroidvania-ish from China, but yeah. they uh, they didn't translate the vocals, so you, you have that same text, but the, the Chinese delivery is actually really good. Um, that same, same thing here. Mm-hmm. I also, like I said, I don't think the English voice actors are doing a bad job. No, it's, it's just what just, they're given. It's, yeah. it's the script of what they're given is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got crazy good boss designs, combat, once it really opens up feels great, and it is a, this is a Metroidvania through and through. Big map, um, lots of blocking paths, lots of collectibles. Uh, it's just got a good look and a fun world, and it feels real. The, the thing that kept me going for hours on end, like staying up late playing it, was it is just fun to play. Uh, some of the bigger knocks beyond that script thing, I think some of the checkpointing's real bad in ways that bothered me. Um, like a couple times where it's like, now I gotta fight through these ten guys again before I can fight this boss again. Mm-hmm. And it's not the end of the world, but it is a little bit annoying. Yeah, and then there's a very strange choice with the um, the fast travel system, in that there's very few fast travel points, and for some reason there's two different fast travel systems that thematically make sense. There's a subway, and then there's a a sort of troop transport the Iron Dogs use. So like sometimes you'll be like, oh, I need to use the subway to get to this fast travel point to go to this other place in the map, and it can get to be a, a bit much. Yeah. Another note I feel is important to mention because it was the best name in the game. Uh, one of the first characters you meet is the guy who takes your map data to keep updating it, and his name is Mappo. Well, of course. Okay. Like the tofu. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly why. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a really cool game. It's 30 bucks. Um, it's on PS4 and PS5 right now, coming to Steam at some point. Uh, still says TBA over there. Yeah, but... at some point. But I, I think it's really cool. It's, it's a little rough around the edges, but it's super fun to play. Um, Is that a it, pick up brand new or wait for a sale kind of game? If you're super into Metroidvanias, I, w- I would pick it up. I would pick it up. Otherwise, I, I think you could wait till it's down to maybe like 20 or so. If, um, I know this is kind of a weird question, but because I don't think enough people have played this game this year. If... You, if someone wanted to pick up one Metroidvania game this year, and it was this or Ender Lilies, I haven't played Ender Lilies. Oh fuck, that's right, you didn't. What the fuck, Rich? How'd you play this game and not Ender Lilies? I don't know. Something about the too anime for me. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just so like I so many people told me Ender Lilies is great, but something about it just wasn't resonating with me. Yeah, yeah, I was I was very on the fence because of yeah. Something about the trailers kind of felt stiff to me until you actually are controlling it. So they don't say the word "fertizen" enough, like in this game. <laughs> well, all right, dirty the dollars isn't carrot juice. Mm-hmm. Dirty dollars. If you can stomach that, get it or whatever. <laughs> Just kidding. Shadow torch. Shadow torch. Josh, you played this game. What's this? What? Shadow Torch, right? Shadow Torch is part of the title of Fist. Fucking shit. How did I fuck that up? <laughs> you put a, put a comma in there. F- fist forged in Shadow Torch. Ah, fuck. You're right. I did. 
You're right, like, I did. What, what are we talking Sorry. about here? <laughs> Fuck that yeah, title, I, man. Yeah, I was sitting here like, he didn't say the name of the game yet. <laughs> I fucking hate that title. That's such a shitty title. I'm sorry. Yeah, and it's no Ender Lilies. Ender Lilies at least makes sense. <laughs> Ender Lilies, quietest of the night. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty bad. Now that you mention it, it's not the greatest. But um... yeah, the there's been an awful lot of. Here's the title, and then gigantic addendum Subtitle. to the title going on in Metroidvanias this year, D- like. Yeah. If I'm being honest with you, I think what happened with Fist is somebody was like, we can't just call our game Fist. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And yeah, they so batter him the hell out of that thing so we can... Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, whatever. That's like, I imagine like board meetings at companies are like, how do we sum up our slightly changed uh, idea for this new uh, business project? Uh ALS. Let's go. Oh no, we can't do that. That's a disease. Uh, like just sitting in a boardroom trying to think of yeah. initialisms mm-hmm. and acronyms. No, it's a real problem in corporate America. And apparently, uh, Metroidvanias. It's a problem there too. Yeah, specifically <laughs> in that genre. <laughs> right. Okay. The actual next game is Hoa. I there apologize for my mistake there. Josh, Hoa. <laughs> what is Hoa? Hoa is. A narrative puzzle platforming game. Sort of, yeah, sort of puzzle platforming. They present it again as if it's sort of Metroidvania y with their map and whatnot, and kind of like, oh, hey, you're going to walk back through stuff, but it's, it's very minimal and it's still, everything's still kind of laid out in levels. Um, so you, it ends up playing, it's, 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 it's linear. It's just from the beginning, you're like, oh, they gave me a little map. I can, I can wander around, but they're all little, like little chunks. Like here, you explore this little area, move on to the next level. That is another little self-contained chunk. Um, it is a very gorgeous, like kind of Ghibli-esque hand-painted um looking um platformer with really really good music as well what that is obviously also inspired by ghibli it's got a, an awful lot of that joe he says she sort of sound to it um with, with less like full orchestration than some of his like piano arrangements um it's it's got a uh I can't remember if it's all piano or if it's just mostly piano. There, I'm trying to. Th- there may be a. There may be a couple tracks that are not piano, but possibly a most, possibly all piano. I'm not gonna, not gonna, yeah. gonna commit to that. Um, it is very much in the. This is about the vibes sort of game that yeah, I've, that- I've been playing a lot of lately. This is this is a sort of thing that you kind of sit down and you don't need to think too hard about any of the platforming or anything going on. You just kind of relax, enjoy the music, enjoy the uh, beautiful art, and kind of chill and enjoy the vibes. Um, That's pretty cool because I mean, people like I think one of the biggest things. Sorry to go on a bit of a tangent, Josh, and then I'll let you get back into it. I think one of the biggest things I struggle with when I'm trying to 
tell somebody like we do this video game podcast and like we have a business centered around it and someone's like oh i don't play video games much or i don't play video games anymore and mm-hmm. oh they got too complicated with the controls and stuff or the difficulty spike or something like that if somebody wants to try a video game like a friend of mine i always struggle at, like okay what game can i show them that's like a good entry level game and from what you're describing, what I've read about this game and what I'm seeing, this seems like a really good entry-level game for somebody. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it depends. Like, everybody's interested in different things, and this one's more about the vibes, more about the narrative. It's got a, um, you know, sort of nature that's been, you know, corrupted by, you know, industry, industry sort of a vibe to it. Like it's not yeah. even man in this case. They, it's kind of it's just robots. Um, oh, okay. Sort of a thing. Technology so like very nature. very straightforward. Like you're playing as I don't know if it's like a fairy or or um a spiritual being. It, yeah, some sort of spiritual being that the robots you know corrupted nature enough that they all had to leave, and so you're coming back. Um, you know. Anyway, um. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's like I could kind of tell from the trailers it was all about the vibes and that's that's what I got. It, what was on the tin is kind of what it was. Um it's got a it's got a fun little story in there. Yeah, just lighthearted. I really enjoyed it. It's from a uh um I think this is their first game unless I've I've somehow missed something else, but it's from a, a small studio from Singapore and I'm really impressed with what they made here. It's just um Scroll Cat Studio, yes, is what they're called. And I, I have, I've, I mentioned this kind of at the beginning of the year, but I have, I have been in need for more just chill games, um, lately, and this is absolutely uh, scratched that itch for me, kind of taking care of something, something relaxing to to sit down and just enjoy. So yeah, it looks like this is. You're right. This is their first game. Um, that's pretty cool. It's about two to three hours long is what I'm reading mm-hmm. right now. Pretty yeah, you could game. play it in one sitting or depending on, you know, how much time you Save. have at a given time. You, yeah, like you could absolutely just play a level a day sort of a thing and just kind of enjoy savor, it. Savor your reprieve from yeah, yeah, the kinda, world of hell. Mm-hmm, yeah, well, treat it like, oh, like, <laughs> like if you're going to come home and veg out watching TV or something, you could kind of play yeah. a level around an episode of TV length sort of a thing and, and yeah. kind of tackle it that way. It looks, it looks very freaking gorgeous. Like just the art style. I love that art style. It only retails for $15. Um, I know for some people two to three hours, $15, I guess is a tall ask, even though that's the length of a movie and you going to see a movie in a movie theater is probably more costly than that. But yeah, I've, 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 I know for a lot of people, gaming was a cheaper form of entertainment, and I, like I really get that concern. Um, yeah. Like I, I understand that that's a, a big concern, but yeah, I, I think comparing a lot of these shorter, relaxing games—not not even just those—but I think I think the comparison to movies is one that's kind of helped me understand how you know it's it's okay to you know drop $15. Yeah, 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 to kind of think of it like oh it's still it sounds like a lot that's still that's still a movie, it's still a pizza. It's 
it's it's something that you know. Yeah, I mean, it's still it's, reasonable, it's, depending on it's reasonable. And on top of that, it's like a movie that if you were to purchase on Blu-ray, granted, ten years ago, kind of talking. I know a lot of people just use streaming services exclusively, but even if you think about it like at a movie theater, you're not going to own that movie. And even if you buy it on Blu-ray, you get to watch it multiple times with this game. You buy it, mm-hmm. you can play it multiple times. You know, if you're enjoying the vibes of the game. Yeah. I love good vibes. Mm-hmm. The vibes, man. It's about... Listen, Rich, uh, it's about the vibes, bro. Um, you know, yes, dad- I... daddy-o. Like, like here's <laughs> the thing, man. I came, came home yesterday and uh, saw my... Uh, my Pink Floyd flag just streaming the in the Floyd wind. Pink Floyd flag? What yeah, happened? you know. Um, life, man. Mm. Life just kind of happened. and uh, It's a crazy time we're living in. Are we doing slam poetry? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Just embodying all the people I went to college with seven years ago, eight, six years ago, five years ago. So, 50 years you know, ago. 50 years ago, what, uh, suddenly. Whatever it yeah. was. Yeah, whatever the fuck <laughs> it was. to say? Well, I went to college in the 70s. Mm-hmm. What a weird time the 70s were. No, great time. Hoa! That's, I, actually, I, I didn't see anything about it. Um, Josh mentioned it. Reading about it, seeing the visuals, I'm probably going to end up playing that game before the end of the year. Yeah, it's been on my wish list since it launched, but, you know, there's only so many hours in a day. Well, mm-hmm. this one's two hours, man. Yeah. Only so many hours in the day. <laughs> uh-huh. Quit masturbating. No. <laughs> you don't tell me That's what fair. the fuck to do with my penis. That's where I draw the fucking line. <laughs> if I didn't do it for that pastor, I'm certainly not going to do it for you. <laughs> At least you said that's where you draw the line and not how you draw the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways. It's none of your business how I draw the line. <laughs> The Artful Escape, speaking of drawing lines, uh, uh, the Artful Escape, Josh, why is the escape full of art? Um, this is another one, kind of on that, see the trailer, think the vibes look good, pick it up sort of thing. And I okay. did touch on this last week a little bit, uh, but Josh has definitely played more than me. Yes, I, I finished this game. and uh, So definitely, for sure. Yes. Um. Oh my god, that developer name is amazing. It's pretty great. Beethoven and Dinosaur. Um, oh. And if you think it's like some bullshit, it literally, like some of their artwork for that studio is literally Beethoven. Yes. And a dinosaur looking at each other. That is fucking incredible. Sorry, okay. Anyway, um, I kind of assumed from the way you know, the trailers and whatnot, that it was going to be an awful lot of the stuff going on in the main character's head. Like, a lot of the psychedelic stuff they showed off earlier on. Like, okay, like, the, he's... Um, general overview of the story is you're a folk singer who... Uh, his uncle was also a folk singer, but a very, very popular one. So you're kind of... It's very much a Bob Dylan's nephew situation. Yes, yeah, like, you're you're... In that shadow, and like, okay, so this is this is what I've got to be, but he really has a passion for prog rock. Um, so I I was assuming based on that setup that, oh, it's gonna be him daydreaming a lot of this stuff, and, um, 
you know. But then Carl Weathers got there. Yes, yes. Then Carl Weathers shows up, and instead of it being all in his mind, he goes on this galactic adventure right out of a prog rock album. <laughs> For real, is kind of the, the twist there, which um, is really cool. And so you go on this adventure, you know, writing. You're- opening for carl weathers character who's supposed to be like this space rock god yes um and it is very much kind of it it is it is enjoying the vibes it is very much there's a button that you just hold down to to play guitar as you run through all these levels and it is it it's not it's the main the main gameplay loop is Simon. I, I don't even think. I, yes, I don't even think that's the main that's gameplay the part loop. I call, that's like well, kind I, of like the end of the level. Like, okay, here's here's a little Simon thing where you're actually well, playing along. Stuff. I, I guess that's but, my main like grievance. Almost, Josh is like, and I I still think there's something to enjoy there. I almost wish it were more of a rhythm game. Yeah, I, it's. I think it's closer to something like Abzu, where you're just go right or you know um and and enjoy the scenery sort of a thing mm-hmm. um i was going to compare it to something like uh Sayonara wild hearts where it feels like an interactive album whereas this one's way less interactive than that it is way more about just kind of just enjoying the visuals just enjoying the music um and the story as it's unfolding yes and the story the story and the writing and the voice acting is great as you kind of may have gathered from us saying Carl Weathers shows up um to start things off. The voice acting's really good. Um Jason Schwartzman, Lena Hetty, Carl Weathers, like there's names in there. Damn. Yeah. Those are um, some names. The music is solid, the art is really solid. It is um again, it's less of an album compared to something like Sayonara Wild Hearts cuz that one because you're on rails, they know exactly how long tracks are going to be and whatnot. On this one, you can kind of screw around. You don't have to just run to the right. It's not like an auto-running sort of a thing. You can slow down and enjoy these insane prog rock alien worlds in the background at your own pace. And they kind of do that by having, you know, the music loops just like in any other game but you know as you play the guitar it'll just it'll play something that happens to be in the chord that the song is currently in um so you can take your time so it's it's less structured in that and it it really is about kind of the vibes yeah it's very much about the vibes the the story is not about that it's not about kind of enjoying these backgrounds like it's it's got its own other thing going on but as far it's as more about why I- you'd identity. be interested i th- i think it's that i think it's hey i would love to go be able to just see one of these insane prog rock alien worlds in the you depths of you know space I do think that, and I, I mentioned this last week, I think, I think that intro is a little sluggish. Like, it takes, like, a good hour to get to the crazy prog rock shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I was okay with that because even kind of the, the, frame, the framing of it, you're still getting to enjoy 
the the folk music that your you know no, uncle ostensibly wrote and whatnot and um, i just think that there's a, a certain subsection of people that would be turned off before it got to those super super interesting parts i think it's worth mentioning too yeah. rich just simply because of the fact that i know for me i can be pretty hard on games intros pretty pretty easily like yeah. if you're not hooking me immediately i can i can be a bit critical of that so mm-hmm. I, I mean like i am those kind of people that rich is talking about obviously i haven't played this game yet yeah uh, and i want to after seeing it like it's like a fucking neon psychedelia yeah type of thing that yeah looks interesting and, uh, but yeah yeah like the, the rich has mentioned a couple times before about how he's, he likes more interaction in his games yeah. and there's there's not a lot of here um i think that's why i kind of like i, I still want to finish it but i i have been like not you know jumping at the chance to just because i was like I see what they're doing here, but I, I wish there was more, like, yeah. as Josh said, me wanting there to be more interactivity. I wish there was more of a rhythm game to it than there is. Yeah, and they, they, well, they give you more, like, later on, some of the, like, lengthwise, there, there's not a lot more to it, but, like, they'll get more difficult. Like, you'll be having to hit button combinations for the different chords that they're having you strum along with mm-hmm. at, at the end, uh, you know, boss fights or whatever at the end of the at end of the levels um space demons yeah it never becomes anything that's too too intense um i think the interactivity comes more from kind of just expressing yourself because it is a matter of you play when you want to play if you don't want to hold down x you just kind of want to slowly explore it'll have a much more chill without the guitar solo type um music still going on in the background and then um, as Bob Dylan's nephew at the end, you ascend and you and the wallflowers write one headlight and that's what you're remembered for. Yeah, but like, again, kind of the, the story is how, you know, learning to express yourself and it's, and it's about identity your own in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yes. And I think they do a good thing with that where part of the way through the game, you're you make up your own name when um, you get to this, the space opera thing. Yeah, you got to like. Because he's talking about that in that early hour up there, like mm-hmm. being like, oh, if I create this persona, I can be whatever I want to be. I don't have to, I'm not a slave to yes. you know, my name and my family. I'm- yeah. And it, it slowly gets there. You'll end up creating your own name. You'll end up. I think a level or two after that, you end up kind of creating the rest of your persona um, where you go and, you know, pick your pick your outfit. Uh, you end up, you know, what what crazy, you know ziggy stardust face paint and everything like any like there's a ton of options for character creation which is way late in the game considering when you get to do it and it ends up feeling i i think it really works well in the narrative because even though you know it's it's a defined story about you know how this kid reacts to living in someone else's shadow um giving you the option of what you want your your name to be what you want your persona to be um by the end of this thing you feel connected to it um and it kind of it kind of feels like you creating that persona yourself and i think it does a good job of that i am disappointed to report however when you go to pick your name carl weathers jr does not fit (laughs) that's unfortunate Well, there you go. That I mean, that sounds like an awesome game, and that's something I'm going to get into here in the near future. Yeah, um, I think, it's, I think it's more right? on your speed than Rich's, just from... That's kind of oh, why okay. I suggested it to you, because I knew 
he was not as into it as I was, and I think it's your sort of your. I think it would be your jam. So probably, probably, it's on Game Pass, right? I think I downloaded. It is on Game yes, Pass. Yes. Yeah, I downloaded so many games last night, and I was like, I, I lost track of what I bought and what I just downloaded. Off oh, of Game I know, Pass. right? There's yeah, been so get, much uh, stuff hitting Game Pass. I gotta get to I'm Fish. Hmm. I almost made a really bad joke. I'll make it off off of the air. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to take one more quick commercial break, and then we are coming right back with the Patreon and social media polls. Don't you go anywhere. Be right back. Hey there. Welcome. If you found this, you must be listening to The Chompcast. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. I know you're wondering... Hey, Shay, tell them about the other podcast. Yes, I know you're wondering, what else could I listen to? Don't forget the other podcast. What else could I possibly listen to from these guys? Shut the fuck up. I'm about to tell them. As I was saying, if you want more content from us and you want to hear us talk more about video games... Head over to SoreChomp.com where you can check out our other podcasts, such as Chomping After Dark, a spoiler cast that deep dives on various games and movies, and Evoking the Sublime, where Shay breaks down the history and creation of a video game, often paired with interviews from various developers. Thank you, and enjoy. And we're back. Uh, thank you so much for being here and waiting for us. We have some social media polls to talk about. But first, the Patreon polls. We did two this week because I was lazy. Didn't get one up last week. One is very self-serving. One is just a fun poll that we did. Uh, recently, I've been trying to pay a little bit more attention to the gaming news and talk about that, give my opinion, our opinions a little bit more on that. And I know some of the stuff that I've been posting on the Instagram has been a bit polarizing. I do know that. Um, my first question is for, for the patrons, because they are our paying customers, is it interesting for you when we discuss some gaming news on the social media and the podcast? 100% of people said yes. So uh, we're obviously not going to up that per se, but when the mood strikes, when a topic really influences us, we're going to talk about it. And uh, sometimes those conversations are going to be really difficult. And uh, we're not going to shy away from them, and we're also not going to... Um, as long as it stays within the realm of gaming, for the most part, we're not gonna uh filter out our opinions. You know, we want to be mm-hmm. as as authentic as we can because that's a big reason why we do the show. Want to be as genuine as possible with that. So, just curious about that. What our p- paying customers thought. Anyways, now the more interesting and fun one, I guess. <laughs> so you wake. I want you guys to imagine this, like the patrons did. So okay. you wake up yeah. and suddenly you're in a forest full of enemies. Yes, close your eyes, Josh. Which is the better situation? You're equipped with Link's boomerang right off the bat, or you have to find Mario's fire flower somewhere in the forest, you don't know where it's at, to use against the enemies. Which would you rather, which situation would you rather be in? You already have the boomerang equipped on your body as soon as you wake up, or you find the fire flower. Mm. 36% of our patrons said Link's boomerang. And 64% said finding the fire flower. I was a little bit surprised about that. 
I'm not. It uh, it depends um, on the level of those enemies. But uh, also, no, that's not even the issue with me. We're not talking about me as a video game character. We're talking about oh, me. I'm not confident I can use a boomerang. Actually, yeah, yeah. That's that's, a good that's point. true. I I was more thinking along the lines of the boomerang just stuns most enemies after you get above a certain level. Like yeah, the, like the the really low level. They stuff turn blue for a few seconds. Yeah, they'll it'll it'll kill them. Like if if you have to take out some spiders and bats, the boomerang's fine. Yeah. But uh, above that, you're just gonna make them angry. You're, it's as gonna stun them tell, for a couple seconds, and then they're just gonna be more angry with you. As far yeah. as I can tell, with the fire flower, I just need to hold my hand out, and we'll be good. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like it's it's an interesting topic because it depends on how old you are, what kind of shape you're in. If you're using the boomerang, can you hit them and run away fast enough to where they won't seek you out and catch up to you? Yeah, you know. It's, it's it's interesting. Interesting to think about. <laughs> I thought that was a fun little conundrum. I randomly came up with it this week while I was just uh, thinking. I was like, what would be a fun poll to do for the patrons? And uh, it was a fun little thought experiment. I, I think I'm going to start doing those a little bit more for the patrons because uh, those <laughs> are always fun. Uh, so thank you to the patrons for playing along with that. Now let's get to the poll day. Every Tuesday at the Sword Chomp Instagram. You can vote on the polls, and we will read the results, react to them, reflect on them. It's really fun for us. It's a fun way to get you guys involved in the show as well. Um, so I'm really excited about this because this week I decided to do a battle week, a versus week. We've had enough of just like uh, these kind of nice little sweet polls where like, do you agree or do you disagree? Is this a yes or no? I was like, fuck this. I want all out war. I want rage. I want people saying, who the fuck would vote on this? I had people messaging me like, some of your fans are fucking idiots voting. Like I had people messaging. That was me. (laughs) It was amazing. It was gritty. No, not, it wasn't that. No, actually I did get a few messages like that. It was pretty funny. But anyways, the first poll. I said, let's start with an easy one. Sonic versus Mario. And Sonic was fucking obliterated. Mario yep. with the 76, Sonic with the 24. I expected that one. But actually, like the first few hours 24 of 24 seems high. The, the only way that makes sense is if Jaleel White is making up the entirety of that 23%. Or 26, it seems weird that t- 26%, 24%, 24%, 24%. Yeah. of people could vote for a character that hasn't had a good game since 1996. Uh, bullshit. Sonic Mania is a fantastic game. Oh, Sonic yeah, Generations. Uh, sorry, no, I apologize. I wasn't counting fan games. <laughs> Sonic Generations is a fantastic game. A lot of people keep telling me that, but I don't believe them. Oh, well. Sucks to be stupid. Um, <laughs> why are you telling me about yourself? <laughs> Got him! <laughs> Boom! Damn roasted! Bolt. No, um, actually the first few hours running that poll, Sonic was kicking Mario's dick in. Because the rest of us were too busy playing Mario. Yay! You kids and your Mario party. Uh, Next, kind of an offshoot of that a little bit. Wario or Waluigi? I actually did this one for Rich. Why make a man choose between his sons? Mm -hmm. And 57% of people, as I expected, went for Wario. 43% of people went for Waluigi. That's a good that was, split you can live with. They're both they're both such good boys. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, that was closer than the Mario and Sonic one. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you don't make someone choose between their sons. That's true. But I did that one for you, Rich. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. 
This this one actually surprised me. I said, which is the best controller? The PS between the two. The PS4 or the GameCube controller? PS4 with 66% outshined the GameCube controller. And I was surprised because I know a lot of people love that GameCube controller. That doesn't make any sense to me. I think the PS4 is one of the weaker Sony controllers. I, oh. I like the PS4 controller just fine, but there is something about that GameCube controller, I yeah. tell you. Yeah, I still... Abs- and This is the one thing that I absolutely love about the PS5 controller is that they're finally able to fake having a GameCube analog trigger. Hell yeah. Yeah, like just Ooh. put a real button in there. It's you that like easy. That? Put a Ooh. real button in there. You like that? Yeah. Can, can I be honest with you guys? Um... It's probably going to be a little shocking to hear this. I haven't... I mean, the Switch ones are okay. I haven't liked a Nintendo controller since the Super Nintendo. I hated the N64 controller. I did not like the GameCube controller. The Wii controller was... I mean, uh, very revolutionary for its time, but I did not very much enjoy playing on that controller. I never played the Wii U. And the Switch is pretty decently good. The Switch Pro controller is great. Yeah, the Switch Pro yeah. controller. Yes, that one too. Sorry, that one as well. But I, I thought, I think the hype for the GameCube controller is a little bit high. I did not really enjoy that controller that much. And I know I'm in the minority, but it's my a favorite... weird controller. But I, it's, I think it does its job well. I love, I love the design in theory. Like I like how all the buttons are different shapes, colors, sizes. And it really makes it stand out too. It's very futuristic looking, or it was at its time. But yeah, yeah I just holding that thing and operating on it, I just it didn't the, work. It didn't. The only thing it. I don't like about it is, as a person with large hands, the the bits, like the the bottom part of the controller that nobody yeah. seems to understand exactly how to make that work. Uh, they're a little on the small side on the GameCube, but that's that's about my only gripe with it. Yeah, I, I like me a GameCube controller. The best Nintendo controller is uh, playing GoldenEye on the N64 with two controllers. There you go. Fair yeah. enough. The N64 controller, fan, I think, is better than it gets credit for, but, like, again... It's a monstrosity for monster people. Y- yeah, it's... Like, the, the left side of the controller there is just basically throwaway for the most part. It's just kind of tacked on proud- there. I'm a proud owner of one of the recent uh, Nintendo 64 controllers that were manufactured by a separate company for people with human hands. <laughs> <laughs> and not dinosaur claws? Yeah. Speaking of, where's Tim been? He's kind of been quiet. <coughs> Is he sleeping? Did he hear it? He had a big dinner. <laughs> Tim's feeling it now. Uh, this is one of the biggest obliterations of this movie. <laughs> Tim Allen. <laughs> what are you doing here, Tim? I said, who is the best Who wants cocaine? Pokemon. It was between Growlithe and Yamper. And Yamper is the new electric dog. <laughs> the Corgi. The electric who Corgi. into Bolton. Mm-hmm. Growlithe fucking trounced Yamper. And I was actually very surprised by that. 84% to 16 yeah. Because Yamper looks like a little corgi, and I know there's a lot of corgi love on the internet that I thought that it was going to be a closer battle. Yeah. I think he's just Yamper's got cool. the uh, he's just got the years on him. 
Like people have That's had a true. lot more time to to learn to love Growlithe. What about Hound Dower? Yeah. <laughs> I, I should have done the, the new uh, Growlithe variant that's going to be in um, Pokemon Legends Arceus. I sh- probably should have done that one. Oh, the, that rock, the rock boy? The, yeah, the Galarian. Is that Galarian? No, it's um, Galarian was a Pokemon Sword and Shield. I forget the name oh, of the that's region. Right. Um, that's right. I can't remember the new one, but all yeah. these variants and shit. You, I people are going to love that Growlithe all the more, knowing that clearly he was driven to extinction in the Pokemon timeline. <laughs> Way to make it sad, Rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, this poll I did was probably the most personal for me because I've talked about it so many times on the show. I said, I hated making this one. Which fucker is more annoying? The Rotom Dex from Sun and Moon or Navi from Legend of Zelda? And I was disgusted to see that Navi pulled away with 56% to mm. the Rotom Dex. You're the, the only Rotom person Dex... I've ever heard complain about the Rotom decks. You've never heard me complain about it. No, no, you're the only person I've ever heard complain about it. Well, apparently 44% of people agree with me because fuck that piece of shit that is the worst fucking character in a video game. I fucking hate I mean, that. Gets, that. It's toned down after the first one. He's horrible in the first one, and I think if people missed that, they'd are not going to know how horrible it was in the I didn't even remember like it, it doesn't even register for me that that was a concern. Dude, fucking I did not finish um Sun and Moon because of that. Like I got in, I think I got to the second city, that piece of shit wouldn't shut the fuck up. Dude, I can't I... tell you one thing he says. I didn't even remember that he spoke. Oh, well, <laughs> I I'm glad you forgot about it because I anytime I look at my little Sun and Moon or I think I have Moon I look at it in my little TV stand and I'm like, I'm never touching that fucking shit ever again. <laughs> I hate the Rotom decks. Fuck that piece of shit. But anyways, I was surprised. I know Navi's a pretty annoying character as well. And I think that one's more, more well known at this point. So yeah, it makes sense, but fuck the Rotom decks. Anytime I can shit on that piece of shit, my life is better <laughs> for it. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen. Um, I said, which is the better feature, limited lives or generous checkpoints? I was curious because there's certain games where I actually like having limited lives because of the challenge, like a Crash Bandicoot. But I think games have evolved from that at this point, having generous checkpoints. I think that's more commonplace. Mm-hmm. I was curious if, if people appreciated and enjoyed that transition in gaming. That was more the question there using it kind of as a filtrated or filtered version of that. 84% of people like the generous checkpoints. 16% of people like limited lives. And I think that makes sense, honestly. I think uh, a good balance um, is one that I played earlier this year. It's a Donkey Kong Country-like, but uh, Kaze and the Wild Masks does a good job of this. There aren't lives, but one of the collectibles... uh, sort of, you know, like the Kong letters or whatever, one of the collectibles per, for each level is to beat it without dying. Um, mm. So it, it so kind of strikes kinda a good similar. balance of, like, okay, you're going to need to master this for... If you, if you want to get everything, then yes. you have to, yeah. Yeah, and I think it does a good job of, you know, allowing you to get through the game if you just, just want to do that, but then also... Yeah. Giving you this kind of carrot on a stick. Like, you should really master this level if you really want to get everything out of it. If you right. care, mm-hmm. you master it. 
Rich, do yeah. you appreciate more of the generous checkpoints nowadays? Oh, hell yeah. Hey, I, look um... at my tits! <laughs> I told you guys I was going to do that this episode. <laughs> I wasn't prepared, even though you warned us. Huh. <laughs> Rich, I'm sorry, go ahead, for real. Yes, I, yes, I like it. All right, so I, I need to I need to explain that really quickly. Or should I explain it? Should I just leave it? Nah, just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> All right, <laughs> fuck it. You don't get any explanation as to why I did that. The other guys know though. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Rich. I I I felt less less guilty doing it to you than doing it to Josh. Hmm. It's that up. distinguished air that I bring bring with me. Nah, just Rich fucks with me more, so... I, Do I? I? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So we got that kind of loving relationship here. <laughs> Alright, almost done. Now we have a few actual serious ones to kind of wrap it up. Um, this was kind of a thought experiment a little bit, and I, some people messaged me about this, like, well, you can't have one without the other kind of thing, and that's fair. I was trying to just make two people choose. I've had a, I had a few people message me, like, why would you do this? This is cruel. I said, because that's just kind of the person I am. Mm. Which is more important? Character development or story development? Um, Obviously, a lot of these kind of go hand in hand, but I think sometimes in certain games, one can be stronger than the other. And so I was curious what you kind of gravitate more towards, like in general, the plot moving forward or a character growing and developing before your eyes. And for me, I kind of think about um, when I watch Avatar The Last Airbender. I've watched that show so many times. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The M. Night Shyamalan masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, monk fruit. No. Um, I, I love that show because I think that is, and I've said this on the show multiple times, that is the elite tier of character development in a yeah. TV show. It's not just because of Zuko. Uh, It's because of all the characters and how they develop in that show. Mm -hmm. The writers clearly put a lot of, a lot of love and just clearly cared about the characters they were writing for. I think the story is solid to great. I, the story, the story is good. It's about overcoming a, an oppressive force. I mean, you could look towards, uh, you know, Nazi Germany during that time or any of the other um movements of that you know the the history you can look to that kind of stuff that history and it's a, it's an interesting and it's an, a compelling story but i think what makes avatar the last airbender just that elite tier really is the character development so when it comes to gaming um i i kind of wanted to know the same thing you know there's certain games that really have these characters that develop before your eyes. Think about a Fire Emblem or a Persona or a Final Fantasy. Any RPG, really. Yeah, I think RPGs but, do this really well because that's that was something I was going to say. Like basically every Final Fantasy outside of twelve, where you know they're they're doing the whole political intrigue from the tactics universe. They're all about character development. Like there's there's the the main story and plot are all a bit contrived, fairly a bit interchangeable loosey-goosey. for the most part. It's more about why the character, why 
why the characters are vested in the situation they're yes. in, and less about you personally getting vested in it. And I think that changes story to story. I, I find myself in this, me playing a lot of those games, it makes sense. I find myself leaning towards appreciating that character development mm-hmm. because when you, you're kind of rooting for the character, like the stakes matter to you more because you want them to get the thing they want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think kind of overall, that's kind of what I'd lean towards, but there's still, I mean, there are games with exactly the opposite. I mean, I think a lot of the souls like games, you don't have a character. You're, you're essentially there to understand the world, to kind of get the story. Um, like it can work the other way around. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like, there are Soul less good are examples example. of Even that. Like, but like Sekiro, the character development is pretty good, but it's more about the story and what's happening in that world. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of they decided to do the other. You're like, yeah, like just let's I let's, think let's, let's just take it a different direction than a lot of other, you know, yeah. Japanese games I mean, are really about character development. Yeah, I, I mean, you could even think about um, Ender Lilies. That's a that's a game that we recently talked about. That's a fun, fun thought experiment with that game because there is a lot of character development that happens in the writing of that game. A lot of the little articles that you read and stuff like that. Mm. But I still think I would be more interested in kind of the story development of that game than I would say the character development. Yeah, I feel like that's more of the focus. Like you, it's 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 yeah, it's more about learning the story itself than about the characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think both are very compelling. I I can't say I lean more one way or the other because it's gonna. And I know a lot of people like me are probably like, well, it depends on the situation. But if someone put like put me in the situation where I have to bet on one of those two, I would probably go a little bit more leaning towards yeah. character development, just yeah. knowing my my past yeah. choices. Yeah. Yeah. I'm history. I'm absolutely. Having to pick, I'd go with character development. I like I, we mentioned earlier. One of my favorite games of all time is Majora's Mask, and like that—that's what it is. Like the story is some little imp, you know, is causing the end of the world. That's about all there is to it. And then the interesting parts of that are, are how about the people this entire routines. yeah, exactly. Like all these individual people coping with the end of the world. And there's so much character development, you know, given that premise that it's just it's I I love it. Yeah, yeah, and then you can even think about like some of the more famous games of all time, like Shadow of the Colossus. That's completely story driven, you know. And that's still Are an you implying game. that Majora's Mask is not famous. That's not sorry. If that's what it sounded like, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's not what I meant at all. That probably sounded like I was doing a sarcastic slight. I actually, it really I'd, did. That's why I was so confused. I'm like, whoa, I'm like, what's at the Majora's like, Mask? Like, all right, let's wait for the punchline here. Like, <laughs> no, I can see Josh like, where's smiling this bit as going? said that. I was like, oh wait, I didn't even realize the way I said that. I apologize. No, there was no punchline. I'm sorry. It was almost like you were like, yeah, or we could talk about a game that doesn't suck ass. <laughs> <laughs> not at all what I was implying or trying to imply. If I if that's what it sounded like, I apologize. Uh, it's just it's kind of crazy to think about when you actually break it down because I don't think about that as often. Like, is this more about character development or is this more about story development? Like, that's I lie awake like, at night thinking about that. <laughs> well, I feel bad for you, but that's um, why so my it's, review for Skatebird isn't done. <laughs> <laughs> skateboard, what are you? Is it more but, about the skate or the bird? <laughs> <laughs> Is it about the trucks or is it about the wheels of the skateboard? But I, 
it's interesting to think about with all the different titles, what which one each falls into was kind of my point mm-hmm. there, and I worded it very poorly <laughs> coming <laughs> off of Josh's example. So, anyways, this is the one that this last poll is the one I think is going to generate the most conversation between the three of us right now, and um, we can save our larger thoughts for another day on this. But which is the more annoying trend in gaming right now? The choices were between microtransactions and review bombing. And uh, microtransactions got got the win with 59% and review bombing with the 41%. And I was actually fairly surprised by that result. And I've kind of flip-flopped back and forth this week about which is the more important issue. And that's kind of where I wanted the discussion very briefly to go, is kind of like what you guys thought because my thought process and this is i just wanted to tell you guys this to kind of lean in lead into this conversation been talking a lot and we're going to be talking about it here in the next few weeks um it's going to be a more serious topic about the the effects the mental effects of having these games have microtransactions and these behaviors that kind of prey upon mental illness or mental health in a negative way and that's such a disgusting, predatory um, aspect of certain games and why it's not being regulated more and discussed more is pretty appalling in some ways. It's because And it then money. again, and that's, that's disgusting and that's very important in its own right. And also I think about review bombing and just how absurd that behavior is and how entitled that behavior is and how it neg- makes all gamers look so poor and ne- like so negative and just like we look like a sad bunch because this vocal mm-hmm. minority is basically being a bunch of babies and i i've been wrestling back and forth between like which is the worst problem because imagine like working on a game for five to seven years developing it going through all all, all this process of everything to have a, a bunch of fucking loser neckbeards online just rate your game shittily because it's not on Xbox. Suck my dick. Or like, um, I read about last week, the new life is strange. True color game is being review bombed by Chinese players because it has a Tibetan flag in there and how that Tibetan flag is quote unquote used in the game that it's being review bombed for that reason. And, was, and granted those guys aren't neckbeards cause, uh, yeah, know, no, I, they're, they're, Probably worse. not even actual people. They're, you know, Fuck probably me. a bunch of sock puppet accounts from probably, but just like Pooh that Bear. shit is like is gross in and of itself as well. Oh, and that gets more into like a little bit of even like politics and humanitarian stuff and whatnot. But yeah. like both of them are really gross behaviors. And like, I don't know, I was struggling going back and forth between which one is the grosser of the two. And I was curious what, where you guys kind of landed on um, that, just very briefly. Yeah, real real quick for me. I mean, they're both gross. I I always kind of err on the side of, of like review bombing is worse to me, and I think part of that is skewed by having worked in games media for as long as I had and having to deal with that shit like firsthand. And also my general opinions that like there is a healthy level of microtransactions that are possible. In most cases, we are far past that. Yeah. But like microtransactions at least serve a purpose. 
and can be implemented in a healthy way that is not quite as predatory. And like, I get it. Game development is expensive and money has to come from somewhere. If you want to sell a couple of cosmetics to make some extra bucks off people that are willing to give more money to a developer, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's a ton of cases where that is not what's happening and it's just gross predatory shit. But there's also cases where that's just not not it. There's a healthy level of microtransactions that are possible. Yeah. One of the arguments that, or not arguments, one of the points that people were making about microtransactions, I received some messages about this as well, is that, well, people can just avoid the microtransactions. They don't have to buy them. And that used to be my initial thought. But as I've been thinking more about mental health, if these, these, if it's at the egregious level, these gaming systems, everything is trying to prey on addiction. Do you really have a choice at that point? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I'm They're not saying you're fine wrong, I'm just saying that was just one of the thought yeah. processes I was having. Yeah, so many more fine-tuned specifically to take advantage of, of people. I mean, just... Premium just, gaming, baby. Yeah, exactly. Just, I mean, just see the ubiquity of the season pass at this point. Like, people have, you know, these companies have figured out it's a good way to trick people into paying for your stuff because it just it feels good to unlock stuff all the time like oh this is such value for my money even though you wouldn't have bought most of that anyway but it just the way it's delivered feels so good that is they're able value. to yeah it's got okay. it's kind of interesting I know, I, I know a lot of uh fitness people and i'm not knocking anyone please don't think if anyone's into fitness i'm into fitness um i'm not knocking anything people in the fitness or Uh, life coaches, things of that nature, one of their strategies is saying, well, why don't you just gamify what you're trying to achieve? You know, like gamify your goals and everything and that'll be more achievable. And I think the negative underbelly that people don't really discuss about that is that, yeah, it's fun to gamify things because of the serotonin and dopamine hits that you get. Yeah. But then sometimes your body becomes reliant on getting those fixes and that translates into people who have more addictive personalities. And so if they play something like a mobile game and they already gamify their life with that dopamine hit, if they're getting that on a quote-unquote lesser scale, I mean, they, they don't have to wait as long to get that dopamine hit, that's going to fucking be really dangerous. So, yeah. Something I've noticed since I've moved here right right next to a large city instead of out in the sticks right next to a pachinko parlor is uh well <laughs> no uh, i was gonna say that's me the whole gamifying thing oh sorry amazon does this and i'm anywhere where you're close enough to be by one of their warehouses that they deliver it you get notifications fucking constantly about yep. that shit like that that sort of feedback of oh ooh, look at this neat thing it it I I can't help but think they're trying to make it feel more rewarding of an experience to buy shit from them by just constantly giving you notifications. Um, it's almost like and, Jeff Bezos is a bad guy. Yeah, well, I, like it, this is one of their myriad problems, but living out in the sticks, it's something that I didn't have to deal with before because you get, you know, next to no notifications from them in, in the whole process. Um, and it's just nonstop now that I'm like, I order one thing and congratulations. I'm now going to get 18 different 
notifications to my phone about exactly where it is along the different steps of the way. And yeah, like it, people, people it really have been abusing this whole gamification of, you know, of getting your money. I, um, I don't see why Amazon saw playing Mass Effect 2 or Mass Effect 3, getting all those emails from the random people and me constantly ignoring them and saying, you know what? Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Because Secret honestly, factor. they do that here in Japan too. Like, your order was processed. Your yeah. order was packaged. Your order was shipped. Your order's yeah. on its way. Your order's going to be delivered yeah. today. Your order's been delivered. How would you rate this transaction? How do you like the product? I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. The, the one thing I do like about Amazon Japan a little bit better is that uh, it defaults to uh, opening items in a new tab. That's true. Yeah, I like that that's better. Because cool. if I'm searching for something and want to compare items, that's generally what I do anyway. And yep. clicking on any of the products when I'm shopping Amazon Japan opens it in a new tab, which is just, that's the way to do it. Um, Honestly, I've been here for almost five years now. It still surprises me, and I'm always like, ooh. I right? don't say it like, but I'm like, oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Every time. Yeah. So. Like, I, yeah. It's yeah. nice. I I will say this. I do think I've I've kind of like I said I've gone back and forth. I do think that review bombing is a little bit bigger of an issue right now because we we do talk about mental health for a lot of things, and I think for a lot of devs wor- working for years, sometimes they're underpaid, sometimes they're overworked. Mm-hmm. Um, as we talked about crunch and other stuff, to he- to see gamers doing that shit is pretty disgusting. And I think, and I've talked about it with people online um, as well about what possibly needs to change to kind of improve that um i think both of these topics actually we've talked talked about review bombing in the past in the very recent past um as we talked about it with uh, the last of us 2 being the most egregious example of that last year how yeah. do you feel about the game um i think both of these topics are going to be something we're going to address here in the near future because i think we have a lot of thoughts on them and to try and smash that into like quick five ten ten minutes isn't going to do it justice. This was kind of like a primer. Yeah. An incidental primer for what's eventually going to be discussed later on the show. It's kind of like a preview. And to hear you guys kind of, to see what you guys thought about it was pretty interesting as well. Granted, we're not getting the bigger picture by just you pressing a vote button, but just to see like those basic numbers was kind of interesting for me at least. So anyways, that's going to do it for the polls this week. Uh, It was a fun week of battles and duking it out. I enjoyed that. Um, we're going to probably do that a little bit more commonly because I think it's really fun to have some of those like pitting up some of the things that you love against each other. Wario and Wa- Waluigi was my favorite one to pit against each other this week just because I knew Rich was going to have some feel some way about it. Mm-hmm. My boys. It's going to be sad no matter who loses. It's true. I want, I want to think of some more creative ones. Of that those, was the, so the tagline of the famous movie, while Wario versus Waluigi. No matter mm-hmm. who wins, we lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But that's gonna wrap up the show. Just a few uh, minor things at the end. If you are loving what we are doing here, uh, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to the podcast. Even if you're lukewarm on it. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> even if you don't like it, helping us. If you think it's bad, yeah, also subscribe. Yeah, <laughs> if you just are like, us on someone you, you want to help some. 
hardworking cis-hetero white men we'll in the stop. industry that is heavily underrepresented by those groups, uh, please, <laughs> please subscribe. No, seriously, please subscribe. Um, that would help us a ton. Head over to swordchomp.com where we have more podcasts. Um, we have Chomping After Dark, a spoiler cast. And we have Evoking the Sublime, which is kind of in archive right now. I haven't gotten any new episodes up on that in a while. And stay tuned. We're going to be having some new podcast information dropping here very, very soon. Uh, hint, hint on that. Stay Hopefully plugged have some in news on that in, in October or, or something real cool. Yeah. Um, also, at the Sword Chomp website, you can access all of our articles. Uh, Rich has gotten a ton of reviews up recently. Ray has gotten some articles. I've gotten some reviews up this year. A lot of stuff pumping over there, a lot of deeper content, more personalized discussion in some ways put into writing. If writing's more of your bag than listening to us ramble on about the stuff we liked and didn't like in a game, that's kind of a concise way to check out some of that stuff. You can also access our merch from our site, which is hosted through Redbubble. We have some awesome merch designed by uh, our logo designer, Jason Allen Roberts, and Bernadette, a good friend and patron of ours. She designed one of our shirts. It's amazing. Please go ahead over there and check some of that stuff out if you feel like wearing some merch from us. And the last big thing I want to mention is the Patreon. I know everybody and their mother has one of these, but it really is the way that we can continue to make all of the content that we do because we are 100% listener funded. Any amount of money you give to us um, goes right back into the show and allows us to make creative, fun, different things for you guys, different experiences, different content. And on top of that, you're rewarded for it. Uh, there are a lot of tiers over there. Just go ahead over there, check it out if you're interested. It starts at $1, it works its way up from there. And that's going to do it for the show. Uh, this was easily one of the funniest shows of the year, if not the funniest show of the year for sure. Granted, the back half was a little bit more serious as we talked about games and stuff. But yeah, fuck it. This show was amazing. I was so excited <laughs> to do the show this week. I missed you guys this week. So I was yeah. excited to talk about games with you guys. We're here, sweet girl. <laughs> love you guys. And I love you. As the fans, I love you guys so much. Thank you for checking out our show. Josh, now no longer from Michigan, from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Again, Rich from New York, me from Japan. We are tuning out. Be out, be on, be out. Be on the lookout for some exciting new Sword Chomp news. Uh, Rich is probably going to be dropping it here in the next week or two. Thank you so much to each and every one of you. We love you. Be safe out there. Drink some water and take care. other thing that i didn't realize i now have a bit of a concern with is that i i've been recently watching these youtube videos about like doctors or physical therapists debunk these common myths and um i guess one of the common myths is bugs don't crawl into our ears 
And then, of course, two uh, ear doctors basically start talking about if your bed is on the floor, which my futon is on the floor, it's mm-hmm. not elevated, that you're more likely to have that happen. And then they talked about how uh, they had this one patient where a cockroach climbed into this person's ear mm-hmm. and because it's so narrow couldn't crawl back out and because of the way the legs are and then fucking zooms in on the legs will dig into your ear and i was like yep all right and i'm so, yep. like i'm not joking i'm eating my breakfast as i'm watching that this morning i was like from <laughs> i'm wearing <laughs> I hate you because now I'm wearing I'm wearing earplugs to bed for the rest of my life now. Yeah, dude, like that's pretty much where I'm at now. I was like, "Fuck this!" Mm-hmm. Like, and like they went into more detail, and I was like, I, I fast forward. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like before bed, I, I'm worried about all orifices now. Butt plug in, headphones on, mm. ball gag on. <laughs> <laughs> Fine just, like, like, mesh sieve eh. over your nose, just kind of. <laughs> Dude, imagine if like your one of your roommates walked into you on that. You're just sleeping with a ball gag in your mouth. Yeah. They'd be like, what? and yeah, you don't want like, them. It's not even the know, weekend. Setting up shop outside your body just because all their you know nice homes are taken. So of course you need to suspend yourself in the middle of your room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with some sort of leather strap. Just saying, what is this person doing? Rich, are you okay? Dude, why'd you wake me up? I gotta work in two yeah. hours. Why'd you wake me up? I gotta work in two hours. 